Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Alright. 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 A little bit better today, eh? Voice? A little bit better? Improved? Step up? Not quite as bad? What are we thinking? Oh, you got one of them drop waiting for the other. <laughs> <laughs> You're halfway there, as Bon Jovi said. I do like the guy yesterday. like, you sound like you finally hit puberty. I'm like, is this what puberty sounded like? It's not, it's not how I don't I remember, remember puberty. It's not how I remember it. You you went through the voice cracking, the puberty. I, I did. See, I don't remember going through that, personally. Oh, I did. It's like I said yesterday. When I, the I, acne, I remember. Oh, I remember the God, acne. I remember that. I, I did everything before all my friends. Like I was the only guy in our class who did it like really early. And so, and I it w- bet you did. Yeah, God, <laughs> not that. That's how I got the name Ron. No, none of the, well, <laughs> easy. Um, none of the cool stuff, but the uh, the uncool stuff. I was very ahead of the curve on. I like, like people would listen when I got called on to read it in class. People were like on the edge of their seat, like, "Is he gonna crack? Crack for me, Piggy? Crack!" Like, and everybody was just waiting to laugh because it was because then when everybody else started hitting puberty, it was like, "Oh, it's cool to shave now. It's cool that your voice is deeper." But when I was doing it, and I was the only one. It was like. I was very self-conscious about it. It was it was not a fun time for me. I would say I'd feel, I'd, I should shame them for teasing you, but I've probably been the one one of the ones teasing. You would have been laughing. I mean, I'd I, been, I get yeah. it. You, you got to get ahead while you can, and you know, I was. I mean, for, for, if I got asked to read out loud for the record, my, I, they laughed at me too, but not for the voice because <laughs> I probably mispronounced every word that was on the page. It was just like I, I, I dreaded it, and I would go very slowly, like being like, "Just don't crack, just don't crack," and sure enough, it'd be like. J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> and like, boom. It's a horrible line for that to crack on, too. Uh, but that was terrible. It was, it was, it was bad. It was not fun. But I, I'm, I'm reliving that now as I try. Of course, my voice cracks now all the time. I've got just terrible. You know, every, everything's falling apart for me. It's okay. What are we going to do? But uh, today, voice a little bit better. I can almost do the Mickey voice again, much to the, uh, the delight of my, my daughter. I'm getting closer to being like, oh. But not still not full throat. It's not not hundred percent. It is better than mine already. It's yeah, oh, it's not saying much. Uh, <laughs> we're, the bar pretty low here usually. Anyways, welcome in everybody. It is Tuesday, October twenty fifth. This is the Mike Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty AM, ninety six one FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. We are broadcasting as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the U of L College of Business can do for you. Normal show today, three to six. Plenty to talk about as always. Scott Satterfield weekly press conference happened earlier today. We also heard from Lance Taylor, potentially a target for the Charlotte head coaching job. Uh, we heard from Brian Brown, the new man of the hour here locally. 
We heard from as Trevor rolls his eyes. We heard from I don't know which one gets me more, Lance Taylor up for the Charlotte job. No offense to Lance Taylor or Brian Brown being main of the act. But offense. Yeah, no offense, but offense. I love what a great phrase, by the way, invented by in, in US language. Right? Just saying no offense. Yeah. Just say no offense. It's all good. And you can say whatever you want. Yeah, you can just do whatever. It's the verbal it's the insult equivalent of saying the refs were bad both ways. <laughs> gives you the full just you know full spectrum to say to just bitch and complain about the rest being terrible to your team after you say that. I mean, do you have to apologize if you say no offense? Cuz isn't, isn't saying no offense like a pre pre-apology anyway? Yeah. It's kind of like a fancy version of a pre-apology. I do I, I find myself doing that a lot too where I do the whole thing where I'm like, I'm sorry, but and you know, <laughs> I'm about to say something that I'm definitely not sorry for. I don't know why we feel no, the need to do no, it. No, never. Yeah. It's a, uh, whatever. Uh, text line Thornton's text line today, 502-414-1450. We'll get to try to get to all of your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns. While you're at it, download that Refreshing Rewards app today. Open the app up, search Thornton's, download the Refreshing Rewards app. It's going to save you money at the pump every time you need to fuel up at one of the 75,312 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. Uh, you, know, you don't have 75,000 plus of anything. If you're not good at what you do, Thornton's is great at what they do, and we want you to text us on their text line, 502-414-1450. TK, rocking the Eagles shirt today, feeling good, getting ready for another big weekend of Eagles football. It's going to be a big weekend in general for me. You it know, is. We got, we get, we, obviously, I know we'll talk more about the Louisville basketball and football coming up, but I mean, then you got the Eagles and uh, Steelers as well, a little Pennsylvania battle. No, not really a big game because Steelers. I worry. Steelers, any, any Mike Tomlin team always worries me. Can't take them too lightly. Uh, Lions play the Dolphins this weekend. I don't. I mean, whatever. who cares? I just tagged you I'm on so some d- a great Twitter post, by the way. About, oh, you did? About the, how like I think was the, the headline was something about what, four teams that started one and five and still made the playoffs. This is how the Lions will be the fifth or something like that. Please stop. <laughs> Whoever wrote that, stop. It was from Detroit Free Press. <laughs> They've already given up. They're done. The Lions they are. They gave over. up decades ago. <laughs> yeah, but they came out. They were competitive the first three games. They they were at least like. I'll say this for Dan Campbell. He was great. At, he was a great motivator. I don't think he was good at anything in games. I still don't think he's good at anything in game. Well, in fair, but, and now that now they're not motivated. Now they come out every week and they're like, well, whatever. You're also pretty banged up. I mean, that, banged that, up and all, and soft. I mean, I, I told you beginning of the season, DJ Shark, when he's healthy, be really good. Never ever healthy. I don't think he's even played a snap for you all this season. I need my guy. I'm, uh, I'm in Ross St. Brown. Swift is hurt. St. Brown every, is hurt. Every time he gets a touch, he gets hurt. He's, yeah, he's and it <laughs> kills me in fantasy. I've got him in fantasy every. He's, he's one catch for four yards. It's happened twice this year. I think you lost your center at one. I think he's injured right now. Who's like we did? Who's your best offensive lineman next to Sewell on the right tackle side? I mean, poor Jared Goff. I mean, he's out there with missing offensive linemen, missing the few weapons he has, missing wide open throws. I mean, just <laughs> he's not good. Doesn't help. Doesn't help. <laughs> Doesn't help. He's got nothing around him. So they're not good. It's going to be a long season for you. It already has been. That's fine. It's been a long life. The Bryce. The, the Bryce Young Hunt is. Uh, you're you officially right now are the number one pick. By the way, God, they're going to take Lovis. It's just gonna no, they're going to take Young, right? I don't know. Who they're going to take Dan Campbell. Probably smart enough to take Will Anderson. Maybe. They'll take some underachieving defensive lineman who's like just okay again. <laughs> you're going to take Will Anderson. They're supposed to be the next Derek Tommy. will turn out to be the next Audrey Bruce. God, probably. Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the lines anymore. Um, <laughs> how how was your Monday evening? We didn't have we we had Monday Night Football. Did I watched somewhat it. entertaining for a I while? I watched it because I put money on the Bears too. Well done, thank you. Congrats! I picked them to cover on the show. I didn't you think did. they'd win. I you really didn't, but they they actually won. It was a, I mean, kind of an entertaining game. You have Bailey, Bailey Zappi coming in, the former Western Kentucky star. They were they were covering that as I was listening to the Todd Tyson. 
Helton all the time. Kiki <laughs> makes fun of me for it. The Tyson Helton show, we had to have these airwaves. And uh, it's him and Randy Lee were going over the Western game. They were also keeping an eye on Zappy coming in and playing, giving little updates on there. So that was kind of fun. And he came in and was like terrific for two series. Everybody's like, "Oh, he's Tom yep. Brady reincarnated." He's getting the he's getting he's getting the the teddy bear treatment on social media where they're like, "Oh, he's singing along to Stacy's mom on the sidelines." <laughs> we love this guy. He's incredible. And then he sucks, and they're like, get this guy out of here. He's terrible. I mean, the first question is, why are they playing Stacy's mom at the game to begin with? Why wouldn't you? It's crazy. I mean, I guess, but I mean, what do you see? Do you think there's, is there some kind of inside joke that, that we're not getting here? I mean, not that I know of. It's just a good song. <laughs> something they were trying to make a knock at the Bears about something? I mean, and everybody loves Raymond. Well, that's just a good show. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I just like to watch it. It's just a good song. It's a good show. Um, <laughs> I, he ended up coming back down to earth, though, unfortunately. He did, and it was it was rough. And now I think Patriots fans have gone from, like, Mac Jones is great to Mac Jones sucks, put in Very Bailey Zappi. Quickly. To, like, Bailey Zappi sucks to, like, just blow this whole thing up and let's rebuild. <laughs> They're done. They've, they've completely fallen apart. And Bears fans, I, my friends who are Bears fans, I love it. I mean, they are – because as a Lions fan, even when we win games, I'm like, we suck. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I've been here a million times. All it takes is the slightest tug on the fishing pole for Bears fans to be like, that's a 55-pounder. We're, we're going to reel this catfish in. We're going to win all the awards. We're great. They're all like, I think we'll go to the Super Bowl. Like, like, you know, the North way down. Vikings are beatable. Packers suck. Lions suck. We're going to win this division. We're going to go to the playoffs. We're going to do some damage there. We're back. You nailed that so perfectly because in a nutshell, I was over to a friend's house during the first quarter of that game. Who is a Bears fan? And there was a Montgomery run that was for four yards, and he was going nuts as if they just won the Super Bowl. It's unreal. He's like, go, push that line, push that line. I'm like, it's second and five, dude. God love these people. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? this is why the super fans all had heart attacks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> calm down, man. <laughs> See who they are. Like, I, I realized it very early on when we went to. Is, this, is, that, is it just the hunger of not having? I guess. Because And unlike, I mean, I guess you could say as a Lions fan, you could have that hunger. Yeah, but I don't. Eagles fans are probably not much different, though. We finally have got the recent meal in the Super Bowl. But I mean, Bears fans have had. I mean, eighty fives every year is one year longer away. And what? it's and we forget that Super Bowl in the rain. But I mean, whatever it takes about that Bears Super Bowl against the Colts, that was a meaningless Super Bowl. When I first got to Dayton, and I said this before, but like I don't know if it's still the case, but twenty years ago, half of the Dayton student body was. Like from Chicago, yeah. it was easy track. A lot of Catholics in Chicago. It's a big city, Catholic city like Louisville, and Dayton is a technically it's a Marianist school, but it's it's basically a Catholic school. I did not know that. Actually. Yeah, I think it's one of the only other one in America is Chaminade uh, on the island of Hawaii. It's their sister school, so Chaminade, uh, famous for hosting the Maui Invitational. They'll be in town next week to play Louisville in an exhibition game, but <laughs> so a lot of the Catholics from Chicago just migrate down. And they go to Dayton. So a lot of the friends that we met in the first the ones few, that can't make Northwestern. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so a lot of the friends that we made the first couple weeks at school were from Chicago, and they're still my friends now. But so we went, this is probably like early October. It was the like week five of the NFL season. Lions were playing the Bears. And the Lions, that year, I think it was the year they got off to like a, this was 03, it would have been. They got off to a good start. I think they started off like 6-1, and one, and then they finished like 6-12, and 12, like, like, or 6-10, and 10, whatever it was. They, they tanked. They were terrible. But they beat the Bears on a last-second touchdown or a last-second interception to save the game as the Bears were driving. And I'm like, you know, these are my new friends. Like, I'm, I'm ripping them a little bit. I'm like, these people were not messing. Like, I didn't realize how <laughs> serious they were taking this. Like, they wanted to straight up fight me after the game. They're like, you just show up right now. And I'm like, whatever, Lions 5-1, and one, baby. And then they're like, we're, they, they wouldn't ride in the car with me back to campus. I was like, you guys 
calm down a little bit. It's like the Mike McMahon era. It was the Mike McMahon era. That was was, was a little too late for Charlie Batch. It was Joey Harrington and Mike McMahon. Yeah, okay. We had McMahon McMahon Sanity uh, going on at the same time. But it was this line started off well that year, and then, as they tend to do, bottomed out. I think that was like those all those three years, and then the, the fourth year was the year they went like zero and sixteen. I was in college. That's who they are. That's I guess you're not the most recent team to do it. No, not they, they took that from us too. Yeah, <laughs> Browns, can, you can't have anything nice, can you? No, we can't. So <laughs> yesterday after the show, and this is when parenting with TK. I, I, Need your advice because you should have called me. I could. You know everything about parenting. And I, I need your help a little bit. Doctor Spock's got nothing on me. So. At, like Mary had asked earlier in the day, you know, when you leave, there's this pause right here next to the Thorns by our, our side. I, I go pretty much once a week to get, we yeah. use turkey for everything. Like the kids love turkey. Mary has like sandwiches at lunch. Uh, I can't eat it anymore, which sucks. But who doesn't love turkey except for you now, apparently? I love it still. Well, Thanksgiving's the best holiday in, of, of, of all of them. I do like People crap on turkey all the time. They're like, hey, there's no taste to it. I love Thanksgiving turkey. Oh, I think it's delicious. Turkey. But so Mary, like once a week, will be like, can you pick up? A pound of this turkey shaved, and then a lot of times too, we'll get something. I'll get something for dinner there. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So yesterday I text her as I'm leaving. I'm like, "Do you need anything else from Paul's?" And she says, "No, just the pound of turkey shaved, and then maybe salmon because I was going to get that for myself." She's like, "Get me a piece too, just a small piece, and then maybe asparagus." Which she phrased it weird. She was like. He's like, if you like that and it's not expensive, I'm like, first of all, we, we can afford asparagus. We're not, we're not doing that poorly. <laughs> do, you, do you need some help, man? Do you, do you want me to buy I, you yeah, asparagus? Yeah, I was like, I was like we're, <laughs> it's, it's not in season. We're okay. We can, we, we can afford this. I, I, can, I, I can, know it's Paul's. <laughs> I know they, they mark up a lot of stuff. We can make this happen. I mean, I can, I can hook you up if you want. I mean, They'll give me on some sort of payment plan. We'll make this work. But And also, like, you know I like asparagus. Like, every time we grill in the summer, probably half of the time, I'm grilling asparagus with it. So why are you saying if you like Anyways. I don't know how much asparagus costs though, because I've never. It's eaten cheap. It. It's, it's it's disgusting. It's not. It's good. It's, it's fine. I didn't know they start salmon at, at Paul's. Though. I, I they did, well, they have like a whole deli counter where you can get okay. like salmon. They've got like a you know, chicken cutlet. They got all this stuff. I wouldn't have guessed that. It's it's pretty affordable. It's pretty good. And you know, me and Alec can basically just eat chicken or fish. So. <laughs> That's all you guess. <laughs> I've been to Paul's frequently. So she sends those two texts. I'm like, okay, cool. And then after that, as like an addendum, a, a throwaway text afterwards, she just says. Also, there's a decapitated rabbit in our backyard. <laughs> Bury the lead. Did you, did, Should have led with did, that. But did you reply with, would you want me to see if Paul's had that as well? <laughs> the jokes are, were obvious there. It's like, oh, now we have, yeah, little stew. We don't need the turkey. Um, but I was like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> I mean, so did, did you find the head? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you find out who decapitated it? That's still a little bit of a mystery. You got the kid from Stranger. You got uh, one living in your neighborhood. No, so so Penny has killed. She's killed rabbits twice before our yard. Yeah, Cleese and Arya's caught a few. It happens, yeah. but she's never like like once they're dead, she's leaving them alone. Like she basically wants to play with them, and then she accidentally kills them, and then it's like she just walks away. They're done. That's what my she's man. never decapitated one or like chewed off any part of it. <laughs> And so later in the night, our neighbor Pam, who has a bunch of cats, this, this, there's just like this rogue cat in our neighborhood, rogue cat. And it's like a Bengal cat. And the, the owners were looking for it one time. They're like, has anybody seen this cat? And now like, it never has a collar. Never has any, and I guess they just like let it go across the neighborhood. So it's it's in our backyard. The other cats know. I'm not taking it. It's, I mean, it's a bad cat, though. It's it's very aggressive. And the other cats around us like know to stay out of our yard because it's Penny's yard. and We have stuff in there. And, you know, just stay away. Pam, our neighbor, says... I saw earlier in the day Penny kind of going nuts in the corner, and then that cat jumped up on the fence and, like, ran away. 
And cats will, according to Google, de- decapitate rabbits. <laughs> I'm scared. Was that the specific Google search you did? I was like, well, I was like, decapitate a rabbit. What animals decapitate rabbits? <laughs> and raccoons also will. So I was like, if it was an overnight thing, we have raccoons in our the yard behind us, the house behind us has raccoons. So, but like, I, I just don't think that Penny would have done this. And she's like, like left alone. She's like, looked like really worried the whole time I was over there. She's like, I, she's like, what is this? What's going on? So I think maybe that Bengal cat did it. I'm not totally ruling out Penny as a suspect, but I think maybe that Bengal cat did it. And then that's when Penny like caught her in the corner and went nuts. Let me ask you this. Did, did, did the, did the Bengal cat, when you saw it on the top of the fence, when it ran away, was I the, didn't see it. Pam saw it. Was the rabbit's head on a stick facing Penny is, a, is like a sign. No. <laughs> Maybe, maybe this was like a gangs of New York thing going on in your no, backyard. No, no, no. So, so unbeknownst to me, and here's where the parenting drama comes in. Our our babysitter Monday through Wednesday, Angie, she had taken the girls and and John out in the backyard to play. We, they go out there pretty much every day. And Virginia had found the rabbit head, which was a, apart from the rabbit body, which was back <laughs> underneath this Japanese maple tree in our back right corner. And so she basically is like, "What's that?" <laughs> she didn't pick it up, did she? No. Okay. Thank God. But it puts Angie in a weird spot where she's, she has to like kind of, like, have Virginia's first conversation about death. Well, could you told her it was just like a, like a goofy like a tennis ball or something? I probably would have done something like that. Angie does things differently. Remember those little I don't know exactly, balls that had the faces yeah. and stuff. You could. I don't know exactly what she said, but she was like, she basically had a talk with her, and was like, you know, sometimes things die and this happens. And long story short, Virginia, when I got home last night from radio, was like. When I get older, I'm going to turn into a bunny and die. Okay. I don't think she got the full concept of what was said. I don't know exactly what the conversation was, but she clearly did not grasp it. And no bunny toys for Virginia in the future. And now today, I put the video on Twitter of her doing part of this, but she's been doing it for like 10 hours straight. She's telling that. stories about how when she was a baby, there were these animals, and they were running around, and they were squeaking, and they were alive, and then she got older, and they got dead. <laughs> they got dead. They got dead. So she clearly grasped that, like, at one point in time, these things were alive, and then now they're dead. And she's like, and then daddy take it far, far away, which I told her, I'm like, daddy took care of it. It's gone. Don't worry. He put it in a Paul's bag and put it in the trash. It's fine. It's gone. With the head. I got a picture of the head if you want to see it. I was like, I was like this is. I kind of do. It's very. I said, because it's very creepy. And I was like, I want to, this is weird. Because I'm, I'm just can't, like, I'm, I'm having trouble imagining how like they decapitated it without it being just overly messy. It was and, it was pretty messy. Okay, yeah, because I mean this it was is pretty messy. It was, was no not one, a clean cut. Yeah, there's like no sword. Of, like there's no yeah, there's, little Johnny son of a from next no door Edward did not Stark, do yeah, no, doing this. this. There was not a uh, deranged child. This was clearly not the work of somebody with a box cutter or something <laughs> or something of a sharp object. Yeah, it was, it was bad. But so like Virginia spent the entire day being like, a long time ago Virginia was a baby, and there were any animals. And they were running around there squeaking, and then Virginia got older, and now they got dead. Well, she doesn't seem sad though. She's not sad. She doesn't. She doesn't fully grasp. I don't it, know if I'm but happy or worried about that. <laughs> she won't stop talking about it though. She won't stop. She's like, "Where's that animal?" Like I had to take her out, I had to pick her up, take her out in the backyard, go underneath the Japanese maple tree, and like show her that it's gone. Yeah. And she's like, "Well, where'd it go?" And I'm like, "Daddy took care of it. Don't worry about it." And she's like, "Well, what happened?" I'm like, "Daddy put it in a bag, mm-hmm. got rid of it, and the the garbage man took it away." She's like, well, where to go from there? I'm like, I'm not explaining the entire <laughs> sanitation process here. You feel like maybe you should have buried it? No. I did, we've had two, we've had three dead rabbits before. Um, I've done the same thing every time. Last year, if you remember, we had we also had the dead squirrel that like ate because we spray painted a pumpkin 
Well, and, yeah. <laughs> and I took it in heroically, just threw it in the middle of the street. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, because like trash had just come, and I'm like, I'm not letting this thing rot for a week in our trash can. I'm like, in the road with you. No, I know normally I would see us, but because Virginia saw it, maybe think, bury, show her you burying it is, is, is the sign of like good, the, the death bar. So Penny can dig it up like five days later. I'm not, I'm not that dumb. That's exactly what. Well, that's happened. when you. That's when you teach her about Easter resurrection and pe- <laughs> or Halloween and pet cemetery. Yeah, Either neither one's what I accomplished. Well, happen. I don't know. Either way, we're knocking out two birds with one stone, right? I mean, <laughs> this is why I come to you for the parenting advice. This way, you save future future Mike a lot of trouble. So that's what we've been dealing with for the last. <laughs> Last, I mean, today was a complete madhouse. Without, like, uh, Audrey has had, she's got something going on. She has like, lesions in her mouth. She, like, keeps, like, I was like, what? what? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Mary's completely freaking out because we have John's birthday party this weekend, and, like, everybody's getting sick. She's And now she's worried that, like, we're going to get more sick because Audrey and Laura had this thing, and she was, you know, I, I just, it's, it's a complete disaster. Every, everything's she's been a mess. Lesions in her mouth? <laughs> yeah. Like, small little, I have no idea. I, I don't know what's going on. I, we're a train wreck. <laughs> Thank God John's hanging in there. <laughs> Although his nose is running like a champ, too. He's but, about to turn one and everything's going to go downhill. He's ca- Carry this family, John. You're one now. Do something. But I don't Your like... Your house is the Detroit Lions. We pretty much are. <laughs> but like, so, so Vir- I don't know what to say. If Virginia pushes the conversation about death, I don't know where to go from there. Like, but just, she's not like... At least she's not like sad, though. She's not like weeping about it, She's right? not. Which like, is... That's a good... I mean, again, good... But maybe... Hopefully, good sign. She also hasn't taken it and like moved it to human beings, which I remember. Well, I, st- I was going to say the dog. I still, well, yeah, Penny's still thankfully she's sick. She's got oh, okay, a few good right. years yeah, left in her. Good, she should yeah. be good to go. I thankfully, like, I remember vividly when I was younger, my little sister being like, I could not get death out of her mind. Was like, would flip out about it, would like hyperventilate about it, and to the point where my mom had to like be like, I promise, I'm not dying until I get very old. Nobody in this family is dying until I get we get very old. And that was the only thing that could calm her down. She would like, and like, I, you know, I, I don't like having those conversations. I'm not ready to have those conversations yet, but this was a nice little reminder that those days are coming. Like questions are going to start popping up. She's not going to be two, three forever. She's going to have, you know, big picture questions and you're going to have to start, start thinking about those answers, champ. I mean, I, it, that was the last weirdly. One of my earliest memories in life was the, uh, our, we had like this boxer and, uh, having to take it to put it down. I was like two or three years old. And just screaming at the window, they took the dog and my uncle and aunt having to like content hold me down because I w- I didn't want them to take the dog away. Then of course I'd go on to Jeez. beg for a dog every day until that I got one sad. when I was like ten. Now I have like four, so kind of don't need therapy to tell me where I'm <laughs> where, where that issue came from. <laughs> you should untangle that web yourself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't need to go to a shrink to figure this one out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, we got rid of a dog when I was too young to remember. I don't even remember the dog. I literally just I just remember that day freaking and out and yeah, and just freaking out at the window and taking them taking the dog away. Man, I don't remember our, our first dog getting taken away. We had a bulldog when I was younger, and I do remember my dad having like they got rid of it before like they told me. Like, I remember my dad having the conversation. I was downstairs playing like Nintendo, and my dad had to have a conversation with me that they were, had got rid of the dog. Mm-hmm. It had long story short. A burglar had broken into our house. Oh wow! And Spike, the bulldog, nice. had had chased it away. Like went nuts, chased it away. Like actually got the burglar stuck in the garage, and he had, had to break like break a window to get out. But he still got my mom's purse. But he didn't get anything else, which was Spike kind of saved the day. Like your Nintendo. And then we had important a, things. We had a moron neighbor who was supposed to get something from my mom. We were gone. We weren't at the house, and she just like 
came in anyway without anybody there. And so Spike like went nuts and bit her. Oh no! Like, thought it was a break in, and like at that point he like tasted blood. And my sister was very young. He had you know when dogs in the taste of human blood, I think they, it, it changes things. I don't think it completely works that way, like Shark Week. That's, that's, <laughs> I think there's something to it. I was like six, and Katie was like two, so they were worried about him being around her. So they had they did the classic. Uh, we, we, we found a farm. They found a farm. Yeah. But they actually did. Like, they, their pictures oh, to back man. this up. It was not a, like, it was, like, not a farm up in the sky. It was a very. <laughs> <laughs> well, they told me I cried. That, that was the one that I remember. But every other dog. I have not had bad deals with dogs since then. Yeah. Well, the other dogs I've had that have unfortunately passed. I was older. and Still, yeah, still sad, obviously. Oh, my. Yeah, different. different in, in my life. dog that we got, like, for me, Molly, she passed my, like, first week away at college. And, like, I remember mom calling me, and my mom was crying. And she's like, do you – because we weren't allowed to have cars freshman year at Dayton. And my mom was like, do you want me to drive up there and come get you? And I was like, no. I was like, don't worry about that. But, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I broke her heart. Like, I left for the first time in my life. Like, I killed this dog. And is, right, is Pepperdine your first actual dog that you that – it's been yours? Molly was mine. Yeah, they basically got her for me. Oh, okay, okay. Better than that. Like, okay. she – well, Penny was well, Penny's basically like the first dog that I, I've been like the owner. Yes, of. that's what I meant. Yeah. We got Molly, Molly was kind of my dog, but I was nine. You yeah, know, it was it was young, and then she died right when I got to college. And I remember like, I told my my best friend, who's my roommate, I was like, "Yeah, Molly died." And I was kind of like, keeping it together. And then like I just went and took the sh- a, sh- a shower, we had the communal showers, and just bawled. I was like, I'm "Like I'm away at school, like it's just my birthday just happened for the first time away from home. Like this is terrible. It was awful. It was it was horrible." You have bad timing on your birthday sometimes. Don't I do. <laughs> so, I mean, this was like a week after my birthday. It was like early September. Because uh, I wasn't going, I was going home for the Trinity Next game, but this was my mom was like, Do you want me to pick you up and bring you home early? I'm like, No, don't worry about it. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm here now. Uh, what can I do? But it was just, it was, it was the absolute worst thing. And, yeah, it's always sad. Like, that one was really bad. But I loved Molly. She was the best. Anyways, I don't know how we got into this topic. Death to the dogs to, yeah. This is what happens on a Tuesday in, a, in, a, in the middle of a game week. <laughs> um, this one on me. I don't know if this one's on me or it's not. Pr- I think it's on me. Okay. I brought the story. I think partial's on me. You were asking for parenting advice, and I just went into, like, things that affected me. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's actually says, naked, <laughs> naked Mike in the communal showers crying. What a visual. <laughs> He's in a fetal position. <laughs> just down, hovering, just shaking. It's rest of my didn't, like, Matt turn Saracen it. style. I think someone touched him. <laughs> Somebody did that one time where they like we would always do the prank where you'd like take somebody's towel like when they're in the communal shower <laughs> so you'd have to like walk out naked and be like come on man classic classic college prank if someone had done that to me like at that point in time I would have just lost it I, I probably would have been like I'm going home I'm done I'm done with this no more college would right. you at least kind of put some clothes on first <laughs> Texas says I mean we've had some rough and depressing show starts before <laughs> usually after particularly depressing losses but Jesus Christ guys starting the show with 30 minutes talking about death and putting down family dogs. That's, I mean, look, it's on us. Hand up. This is what happens when Brian Brown is the man of the hour. <laughs> all that reminds me of, all that reminds me of, is we had a on the old show. Uh, it was the, the first iteration on ninety three nine. Like John had, they had to put their family dog down. I think that dog had actually been hit by a car, and it was very sad. But he opened the show up, and I, I told him this was a terrible idea. I was like, I was like, do not. He opened the phone lines up for like people to call in. and share their stories about losing dogs i just said i told him i'm like i'm like no i'm like i'm like this is a bad idea he did it anyway and the first call we had was this poor girl rambling about her dog for like 10 minutes and it was just going on and john started got to the point where john was like kind of making fun of her and like was like like storing and like doing stuff like that 
went off the rails completely. And like she sent us like the the most upset message. Like I've never been more mortified in my entire life. Was, was this one of the like, early shows? Yes, it was very early on in the show. Like we didn't. It was during the summer. We had nothing to talk about. And he was like, "Let's open it up to talk about your dead pets." And I was like, "This is this is not a good idea." This is a, and it went. It was completely went haywire. The first very first call, and then we stopped. I was like, "I can't." I said, "I told you not to do this." I got with the first two dogs I owned were Donovan and Reggie, and I got I don't want to say lucky. Reggie had like kind of a stroke, and I didn't have to make that decision. Like he unfortunately passed on his own, opposed to Donovan, where I had to you know make the decision to to give him the shot. But like it's, it's so. It's, is that bad of me that I'm like happier than have to make the decision? Like I'd rather they're gonna if my dog's gonna go. No, gonna I, I I understand. Yeah, I, making that decision is tough, man. I have because now that I, I know they want to hang on, man. And, but, I know. I, I know they have services now where they'll like they'll come out to your house and like do it so they're comfortable in their own home. Because yeah. I've never had you know my dad's always been the person when we've had dogs that have been put down like you know he's we say we've said our goodbyes and then my dad has taken them away to the vet and he's been there and like now I I don't even want to think about it but like with Penny like that's gonna be me for the first time yep. and that will be the first thing hopefully in my children's lives that will will die and we'll have to have that conversation about where Penny's going and doing all that stuff and I just you know not looking forward to it. Not looking forward to it. When, when you have the that text line really wants us to stop. When you have that I, conversation in Virginia, please don't go. Remember the rabbit. So remember, <laughs> so remember that rabbit head that you found. Here's the picture. <laughs> don't do that. I kept this My, just to remind the you. Best, the best printing advice I give you is don't do that. It wasn't hurt. It was dead. <laughs> Texture says, gee, damn it. Just stop, please. <laughs> She's not really dead if we find a way to remember her. Wrath of Khan. <laughs> what parent? You can't parent from Wrath of Khan. I don't know why. Who could? That's not the Dr. Spock I was referring to, by the way. <laughs> Texas says one more dead rabbit shows up, and I think it's fair to say the neighborhood Bengal cat is going through its serial killer phase. <laughs> it's a great tax. Great callback. I love callback jokes. Trevor once said that he was going. He's like, he's like, I was in my serial killer phase as a child, which I don't think every kid has. <laughs> it, was, it was reading about him, first of all. <laughs> yeah, we should clarify. He was not actually yeah, killing people. I was, yeah, I wasn't going to sociopath of rage. <laughs> Texas says, I was mowing the lawn once and saw a cute baby rabbit peeking out of a hole. I stopped mowing to make sure I didn't mow it over, then realized it was just a head and its body parts were scattered around it. Oh, nuts. Our usually very sweet and friendly cat had massacred it. She was sitting by a bush and had a leg in her mouth. It freaked me out. That is... Yeah. That would freak me. I told you the time I was coming through the uh, plaza by Westport Road, I got text you and I watched somebody hit the, one of the goose. You did. I don't, I, I don't want to think about it that. It was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Because I go by, you know, I go down that road um, by right our by house. By Tinseltown is where Ma I was. Mallard's Crossing is yeah. uh, where, where those apartments are. And I mean, probably four or five times a year, like off to stop. With the, the yeah. And like there are times where like I'm running late for something and I'll be going way too fast there. And I'll think like if I had, if those, if they've been crossing then. Because there's a little bit of a blind spot where you make that turn to the left. I probably would have just drilled. And, like, I always terrified it's going to happen. Have you ever hit an animal? Yes. I think I, th I had a squirrel this summer. And I hit bad. a squirrel. I felt bad. I thought I hit a squirrel, but it was night, and I couldn't. <laughs> what are we doing? I couldn't tell. Why does it keep getting worse? So I just kept driving. I feel like I'm Jim, like a bad version of Jimmy Fallon from Almost Famous. I hit a, I hit a man in Dearborn once. I hit a man in Dearborn once. <laughs> I, hit a squirrel, I think I hit a squirrel once. I wasn't was, sure if he lived or died. Was not, yeah. I kept driving. <laughs> so Good God. How did we get here? What's happening? I mean, I figured if we're going to talk about Brian Brown some more, I was going to be depressed either way. Texas says, full cast after dark, just did an extended segment on whether or not dogs go to heaven. Just play that for Virginia. What could go wrong? <laughs> of course they do.
A lot of Dahmer jokes in the text line right now. Oh, no. Come on. Texas, this is how Jeffrey Dahmer started with dead animals. I'm just saying. I'm, there's, I've seen a dozen SBUs. It's SB, the cat. I've seen a dozen SBUs that way, too. It's this a-hole Bengal cat. It's I'm taking over. You, the, it is. It's ruining the damn neighborhood. It's taking over the whole damn street. I mean, I thought it was bad getting chipmunks left in my in my living room from Mora every morning. Texas renamed the Bengal cat Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Palmer. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Texas says, uh, traffic update, major crash on I-64 due to profuse crying from multiple drivers listening to story told by local radio shows, Mike Rutherford. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, I like that text. <laughs> That's funny. At least, I mean, at least we, we have like, the, 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 we finally, we are on a two-game winning streak for the first time this year. Here's what we're you talking. guys are talking about dead animals on Tuesday. <laughs> Texas says, y'all going through your midlife serial killer face? <laughs> All right, let's take a break. I promise. Let, let, <laughs> misstep on my end. Hand I feel, up. I feel like today's song theme, by the way, is not going to match. <laughs> I, I want to do an ad read, but I don't think any of our sponsors want to be associated with the end of the segment, so I'll save it for the next segment. Uh, yeah, hand up on me. When we come back, we'll talk about Scott Satterfield's weekly press conference. He had some updates on Tyon Evans and a couple of other Cardinals, uh, so we'll get into that. No more dead animal talk, I promise. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on a Tuesday. On 1450 and 961, the Mystery, more rewrite history, talk tales. Woo! I can't do the woo. I'll do the woo. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get there. Duck tales. Woo! Luck tales. Woo! Oh, here comes my favorite part. There's a stranger behind you. There's a stranger out to find you. It's a great song. It's good. Woo. good. Right. After the pressing first hand, we're, did, did, did you already know today's theme? I mean, shouldn't have been given away after two songs. I mean, yeah, cartoons. From the oh, we're going cartoon theme songs. Yeah. See, we're going shot. We're, 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 I'm fine with that. We're bringing out our inner child and going happy the rest of the way. Did you hear about the guy that was randomly slitting throats on 4th Street last night? <laughs> actual story, but we're not going to talk about it. I'm just joking. Is it really? That is an actual story. <laughs> I'd make him a grouper joke if it wasn't so horrifying. I mean, so I'm not I, I've been on 4th Street. I've thought about just slit my own throat. Okay. Uh, people. <laughs> Scott Satterfield talked to the media today uh, on the heels of Louisville's 24-10 victory over Pitt, now getting ready for a monster game at home this weekend against number 10 Wake Forest. Top 10 opponent. we got to say that, right? We're contractually obligated. Yep. yep. It is a top 10 opponent. Um, Satterfield, a little bit of an extra pep in his step today, it looked like. you know He's usually pretty, pretty monotone. He had a little bit of a, I don't know. Swagger's not the right word, would, but a little sly grin. Would this be the first time since well, Florida State was top ten, right? Lamar Jackson game. Oh, we've played top ten teams since. Then. No, well, let me rephrase that. To beat a top ten team. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I know we've lost to a few more than a handful or so. Beat that, but Florida State was top ten, right? They were, yeah, they, they were number three, I think. And then that before that would have been the blackout West Virginia game. I think that's right. I think that's the only two top and then Florida State again in O two. Those are the only two, three top ten teams we've beaten, I believe, in his school history. Well, Florida technically Sugar Bowl was number three. Okay, so okay. Um, 
But regular season, yes. I think you're right. So that's four. So you could have Wake Forest in that history book next year. Florida State, Florida State, West Virginia, and Florida. I think more importantly, it would just be One of these things is not like the other. We have not beaten, besides that Florida State game, we have not beaten a team that finished the season ranked since we joined the ACC. And that Wake Forest team we beat in 2019 ended up being unranked at the end of the year. Well, they were near the end of the bottom anyway. Yeah, this Wake team... I think was probably going to to stay in the top twenty five at the end of the year. If I had to guess, um, wouldn't be shocked if they fell out. But I think they're probably more likely to be a top twenty five team at the end of the season that, than than they're not. That Florida State team, Lamar ran over. They didn't finish top ten or top twenty five. They did, but I said besides that. Oh, but, oh, I'm sorry. That's our only win over a team that finished the season in the top twenty five since we joined the ACC. Another version of no offense. I believe. Besides them, I believe we are one in seventeen in those games against teams that finished the season in the top 25 since we joined the ACC. Well, this last week we we broke a uh, trend of being 0-16 in both right. quarters. I mean, I think it's time to buck trends, right? You're damn right. And who better to start out with Wake Forest? Now, the one thing that I want – I don't know if you've heard this rumor. You probably haven't. It's on the message boards. I haven't. I don't think it's on the – maybe – I'm sure it is on the message boards, but I've heard it from a couple of people. Okay. The rumor has been – Scott Satterfield's been the one calling the defense the last two weeks, right? <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't tell if you're serious or joking. I'm, I'm dead serious. This is, some, this is something that people are saying out there, out there in the world. They're, not, they're like, I've heard that Satterfield took over the defense completely. He's calling the defensive sets. He's calling the defensive plays. He's calling the blitzes. And that's why it's been so good. I hope it's true. I mean, I get, I'm curious. I mean, why McGriff's not involved somewhere in this, but, I mean, he kind of got – glossed over it's I guess. sats defense it's his world <laughs> sat sex i was hoping that somebody was going to ask him directly about that today i mean yeah because i mean some didn't didn't he kind of take try to pull the, the the praise off lance taylor after the virginia game for the offensive play calling when someone asked about it well he was basically like i, I was calling the plays yeah he's like i've always been calling the plays i'm still calling the plays when it was bad early i was calling the plays when it was good late i was calling the plays but he got asked the question that came the closest to to kind of confronting this head on was this. He had, he said that the defensive improvement the last couple of weeks has corresponded with when you said that you were going to have a little bit more input on the defense. Do you feel like that your input has been a factor? And he kind of deflected. He said, just looking at the whole overall situation there and just trying to, as I've mentioned the last few weeks, saying here's some things that maybe I would try to attack with that certain look. So maybe don't do that. Let's give up this and not that. I think that's the big thing. If you go back the last two weeks, it's really just those big plays. That's really what it comes down to. And we talked about this earlier. Our defense has been getting, getting great pressure. We're number one in the conference in sacks at 25 right now. We're at the halfway point now, close to the halfway point, and that's outstanding. It was just those over-the-top plays, and it's really that's all it's been with the defense. Thinking about how we can keep a post player back there or a safety back, guys on top, make the teams drive the ball. And he just goes on to say like what we've been doing, what our game plan is, uh, we've had a nice two weeks. Our coaches have done a really good job implementing that game plan. But he doesn't go so far as to say, like, it's been me. It was me, Austin. <laughs> it was me, me all along. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I'm Satterfield, I say take the modest mask off, man. You've done enough for Brian. You've kept him You've kept him employed for two years longer than anyone else would have. At this point now, just be like, listen, it's yeah, I'm doing it. I mean, the guy still has a job anyway. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm calling the plays. I had to fix it. I was tired of, yeah, I'm I'm the one doing this. If I'm sad, I'm just starting to take credit for everything. I mean, why not? Like, James Turner had a rough end of last season. He's now 10 for of 11. He's made 10 straight. I fixed him. I, I told him what to do. 
Yeah. I, I saw a little something wrong in his approach. Told him to work on this. He's made 10 straight. He had a hitch in his giddy up. I just, I just got rid of it. Mark Bass has been better in punting. That was me. <laughs> that was all me. All me. Yesterday, Abdullah last week, game of his life. Guess who gave him a little pregame pep talk? It was me. I mean, what's worse going to happen? Some of the assistants are going to walk out. I mean, apparently that's not going to be happening anyway. <laughs> I mean, what's the difference? Just go all in on yourself. <laughs> I mean, you go lose Lance to Charlotte. Okay, you know, have fun there. Honestly, the week before the Boston College game, I was on vacation. I wasn't even here. I wasn't even around. Didn't talk to anybody. Was sick. Had COVID. Didn't tell anybody. Was heroic. Heroic for me just to be on the silence, but I had no input in that game plan whatsoever. Last two weeks, all me. All me. Why not? Now, I sent you a, a clip on, on, on Twitter. It, yeah. He was asked about, because the crowd at Pitt I thought was good. The number, the attendance number, of, officially it was at 41,000. I think the the average, it was probably more like 35. Give or take, yeah. Give or take. It wasn't as big as I was, was hoping it was going to be. Not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> I thought uh, it was going to be because 8 o'clock kick. The rumors just spreading. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the... Uh, the the homecoming, the, the the former players, the former alumni coming back, the the weather being so perfect. I thought it was going to be a, a larger attendance. It was not. This weekend with a top 10 opponent, if I've heard of this, coming to town at Wake Forest, Scott Sanderfield was asked, what do you need from the fans? And he made no bones about it. I mean, he said straight up, like, we need you. Here's what he had to say. I think, you know, obviously this week, uh, Wake Forest, um, number 10 team in the country coming, coming to our stadium. Um, huge game for us. Um, you know, it, it's a great opportunity for our team. Um, to continue to try to play uh, really good football, you know, coming off two wins in a row in ACC play, um, and now being able to host uh, one of the best teams in our in our league, um, and a top ten team in the country. I, I think um, you know, hopefully we'll have a great crowd. We need to, you know, if you don't have tickets, go out and get tickets. You know, this is this is college football's best right here, coming in with the tenth ranked team. Um, I think about home field advantage. I think about you know when you when we went to Syracuse, you know what what kind of advantage Syracuse had playing in, in that environment. I think about when we got to go to Clemson, what, what kind of environment that's going to be. It's definite home field advantage. We need to have that home field advantage here. You know, we need to have we need to have the people come out and and yell and be loud and crazy and because uh, it affects teams, it affects offenses. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, in, in a hostile environment, so we need to we need to really, um, if you don't have plans or you're, or you're on the fence whether or not to go, um, really need you to come out to this game. Here's what I have to, here's my read on that. Yeah, you give if, yours and I give you my what I what I heard. We lose on Saturday. It's fans' fault. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know he didn't say that, but that's what you should be doing. Catterfield. It's, it's not me. It's you guys. Here's what I wanted to hear. Listen, listen, people. I just won two games in a row for you. I'm doing. I can only do so much. Satterfield is only one man. Okay. <laughs> I'm coaching defense. I'm Satterfield's coach. No, he's got to go third person all the way. Satterfield's on the offense. Sats on the defense. Sats is punting special teams. Sat can only be in one place. I can't fill all these seats. What else do you want from me, people? Do you want me to? Do you want me to get you the nachos too? Do you want me to be your beer guy? What What do you want? If you want, if you want somebody to bring you a beer, I'll send Brian to the concession stand right now. He's got nothing better to do. He's a, okay. He's a complex. He's, he's just hanging out anyway. He's he's over there playing Wordle on his phone. He's not even watching and he the game. Sucks. <laughs> Scott Satterfield's only one man. Sats is only. One. I'm a, I'm a solo man. Sats is just one guy. Brian Brown's first world <laughs> guest always has a Z in it. He doesn't know what he's doing. That's why I'm calling the he plays. Plays no vowels. Why I'm calling the plays. Wordle's, by the way, been kind of getting me. I've gotten it, but they've been using a lot of like double letters a lot. Lately. I've gotten the last two. I've gotten in 
uh, last guess. Both the two days in a row. Now. Yesterday I got lucky because I just guessed the right letter. But the, the last few days I've noticed they've been doing a lot. Of, one day I think it was, they used a word with only three letters because it was so yeah. many multiple letter use. And then I think there was another one yet last night. It was like mummy that. a couple days ago. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was referring to. Yeah. All right, let's stay focused. Okay, <laughs> we're only we're only one man here. Okay. Injuries. <laughs> he got asked straight up. You know, Marshawn Ford did not play the second half against Pitt. Um, Trevor Reed didn't play against Pitt. Luke Kandra left the game. We had some offensive linemen dinged up. Tyon Evans did not play. He said, uh, Satterfield did, Marshawn Ford's gotten a lot better. He should be able to go on Saturday. He was just getting treatment on Sunday and Monday. Did not pra- didn't do much, but he should be able to practice today. He said, I'll anticipate that he'll be ready to go. He also said, I'd anticipate that Tyon Evans will be ready to go this weekend. Can we, can we go shut the door on the whole message board rumor that Ty Evans was leaving the team? I guess. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It, it, somebody can help me out on the text line if you did see him. 502-414-1450. I never got an indication one way or the other whether or not he was on the, the sidelines on I mean, Saturday. He wasn't playing completely. I could see him maybe not being there, though. Maybe, I mean, but I mean, most most times if you're injured, you're you're on the sidelines. Yeah. For a home games. game especially. Tra- yeah. You may not travel. But you, yeah. probably, you would not travel. Like Malik didn't travel for the Virginia game, but you would be on the sidelines, you would assume. I, I don't know if we saw him. I, I know we saw Amari Huggins-Bruce. This is another player we're going to talk about a second ago. He was fully dressed out, went through warm-ups, just did not play. Um, okay. Satterfield was asked about it, and he said he would have been available if we needed him. But it was a weird answer. The whole Mario Huggins Bruce thing is weird. Late, but late for curfew? I, I, a little bud for test fail. I think it's more of a social media thing. But okay. he got asked straight up, like, is he going to play this weekend? And he said yes. Mario Huggins Bruce, fully available, fully ready okay. to go this weekend. That's good news. Whoever it was, it was only a one-game sit-down. It sounds like it. Yeah. Maybe it was two weeks, count on the bye week. I don't know. Maybe that, <laughs> that's what he was thinking. Uh, Trevor Reed missed the game at left tackle. Should be back this week, according to Scott Satterfield. Luke Kandra, though, will be out uh, for a couple of weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, that means we'll see more of Michael Gonzalez again this week, who I thought played really well on Saturday against Pitt, even though he got the BS holding penalty where he just like pushed the guy down. Yeah. Uh, it was an awful, awful call. But uh, I think that's I think those are all the injuries that we've been dealing with, the major injuries. So a little banged up on the offensive line, but still I think you've got five guys that you feel pretty confident in, even without Luke Kandra. Running back core, she'll be back to full strength on Saturday. And then the receiving core, you're going to have Marshawn Ford and Mario Huggins and Bruce back. That will help out a lot in the passing game. So you can't ask for much more going into what has now become clearly the biggest game of your season. Every game is the biggest game, but this game, it's top 10 opponent for God's sake. It's a big one. This, this, is, this, is, is this, is this could be Satterfield's crowning moment, right? Yeah, it could be. I mean, I'm just now being alerted. Ty Evans was on the sidelines. So there you oh, go. he was? Okay, well, that's a good thing. So maybe he left for a couple of days. I don't know. I don't know if there was any, but maybe clearly the rumors, he was just like, screw you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, angry about I'm something. done here, yeah. I'm leaving. That seems to have been debunked. So good news. We could use Ty and Evans down the stretch for sure. Hopefully he can ball out and lead us to some big-time victory. I mean, is it, does it make you feel a little positive that, I mean, because Satterfield is like, he's had the most success against Wake Forest, I guess you could say. Even though I know they lost last year. We, or we lost last time either way. Lost him last year. But, he, I mean, that's kind of his big Well, we, we won. The, the clock operators. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. My point. So, I mean, just knowing that this is kind of the biggest game of the year up to this point, Clemson will more likely trump it. But uh, UK won't get that high in the rankings by the time we meet them. But nonetheless. So, I mean, that, that it's at least Wake Forest, a team that Sats has kind of been his best against. Yeah. I, I think there's something. Got to feel you a little warm and cozy about the, 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 the way that works out? A little bit for sure. I mean, I, also like the the numbers, the metrics, the predictive metrics, the, the lines, the spreads that are out there, all of them seem to indicate that Louisville has a very good chance to win this game. So 
Yeah, that, that definitely does come for me. Now, I, now let me let me reverse that with the, okay. the beheading of this this, this warm and comfy rabbit. They also have Sam Hartman, who's a damn good quarterback. He's incredible. We have and he's probably been he's probably the front runner right now for ACC Player of the Year. We have uh, we've safe to say I think it's. We're gonna have to be better on offense. There's with, no question. We get, we're gonna have to score to win this game. With no offense, we struggle against good quarterbacks. <laughs> we do, but also you know, average ones too. I, I think the bigger issue. Like, I honestly think there's more pressure on the offense this week because the defense can play as well as it played against Pitt, and they're not holding Wake Forest at ten points. Like you know, you're going True. to have to score more than twenty four to beat Wake Forest, and yes. Wake Forest is not a good, great defensive team. No. They're, they're not. And this has been. It's always been a shootout when we've played them, more times than not, and. Like if the offense is as bad as they were against Pitt and the defense is as good, I think we still lose. Like the defense can play the same type of game they played against Pittsburgh, and they're still probably going to give up 28, 35 points against Wake Forest because they play so quickly, they have so many possessions, they get so many snaps, and they're damn good. The offense has got to be much, much better than they've been pretty much all year. Like we need Malik to be, you know, the player that he's advertised as in all of these pregame promos, where they're like one of the most dynamic players in the country. I think all of us are like, okay, like. We get it. He's, he's dynamic in the open field. We need to see the multi, you know, versatile player that we saw at times last year and certainly at times in 2019. We need that guy if we're going to beat a team like Wake Forest. We've got to score. On that note, Florida State, that, that 16-4 team may end up being still solo in our ranking things that you brought up because after this game, Wake Forest, if they lose to us, I'm sure we'll drop probably maybe 13-14 or so. Then they play 24-ranked NC State. I know without Dennis Leary. But then they play North Carolina and Syracuse and then at Duke. They could drop three of those four. They could. I don't think they will. They, or at least, I mean, they, they come out of that four with maybe. Coastal sucks. Without losing only one game, that would be a pretty good accomplishment. It would. So they could, but they drop two, they could fade out of the top 25. And then depends on, you know, bowl game and all that stuff. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. I just, I, I'm remembering now the, brought up the clock operator game from last year. So John's birthday is two days from now, the 27th. And I remember, you know, the, the Wake Forest game had been like three weeks. It was early October last year. And I always do that because I can't do anything normally. So when, when I posted on Twitter or whatever, the, you know, the introducing John to the world tweet, like, hey, you know, our son was born. It was October 2nd last year. Was, yeah, early October. Yeah. So I made the joke, like, he came out of the womb and immediately asked, like, how Wake Forest could run a full play in, like, less than 3.2 <laughs> seconds. And, you know, you know people, I think everybody recognized it as a joke. And there was, like, still a dozen Wake Forest fans who were like, this man's having a baby and he's still got Wake Forest <laughs> on the mind. As if I'm, like, cutting the umbilical cord and I'm like, Clawson! Like, like, it's, like, a real thing that's going through my mind. Like, get over yourselves. You guys are – I really want to win this game. I, I don't like these guys. Yeah, I, you do not like Dave Clawson. I don't like Dave Clawson. No. I actually love Sam Hartman. I think he's awesome. Um, I got no, no beef with the players. Hate Clawson. Hate the fan base. Don't like the whole program. Don't like the way it's run. Don't like the way that they've victimized us in the whole Wakey Leaks thing. Like, we're the villains. Or, like, they've villainized us. They've made themselves the victims and all this. And yet, Virginia Tech and Army, for God's sake, and all these other ACC teams that were getting plays have just, they're somehow not a part of this. It's evil, big bad Louisville that was stealing plays. It's so, it so baffles me. Like, I feel like you're Get the only yourselves. one that hates Wake Forest. Like, even the other Tobacco Road teams like could care less about Wake Forest. Louisville fans hate Wake Forest at this point. Like, I feel like are we like Wake, are we the team that hates Wake Forest the most of anybody? Like I said, I don't think I don't think Tobacco Road even cares about them. 
I hate like the, North Carolina. Here's, what I, hate, here's what I hate the most. I hate that I hate Wake Forest. They should not matter to me because <laughs> they don't matter to anyone else. They should. They've become such a little like just nuisance, like a little like just zit on my ass that I I just want them to go away forever, and they just won't. I feel like they're that itch on your back that you just can't. Probably reach the better no reference that I should have made. Yeah. Probably, itch on my back, probably better than zit on my ass. I'm sorry. No, I pro- honestly I think zit on, zit on the ass is probably a more like like it it it, it, it takes Wake Forest to a T better. It, gotta like, pop them. Gotta pop them. <laughs> Get rid of them. Go away. Would it pop when you sit down? <laughs> no. You think? Oh, well, what's in that? Hard candy. <laughs> I mean, I hate the fact that they matter at this point, but they do because they have these little, just smarmy, clawing, ripping the refs, getting calls going his way, clock operators screwing us. The whole Wakey Leaks thing, the Matt Coburn thing was annoying. They just and they're beating us too often. That's that's the long and short of it. If we just were, but they didn't beat us in the Orange Bowl. They didn't. But they've beaten us, what, I think we've alternated wins the last four years or so? Sounds about right. And, like, if we were, if this were the Clemson-Louisville deal, where we had a little bit of, like, like bad blood between the fan bases for a brief period, and we're like, oh, we hate these guys, and we could just say, like, like Clemson fans can, well, we're 8-0 against them, who really cares? That'd be one thing. But the fact that they've been, I mean, let's, let's face it, since Lamar left, Wake Forest has been a better program than we have. They are, we're six, they're 6-3 six and three in the series against us. They have a six. They're six and three overall against us. They won the. No, we're six and three against them. Okay, you're right. Yeah, I was looking. I was like, "There's no way," because we we would not lose to them the first three. You're years right. I was looking the wrong with different page. Yeah, you're right. We're six and three versus them. We won the first four, lost two, won two, and then lost last year. Yeah, they've won four of six against us. Yeah. So since Lamar, well, they beat us in Lamar's last year. I remember that was the one game where I was like, "Okay, this defense just absolutely sucks," uh, and then they put fifty six on us the next year. Then we had the win in 2019, 62 to fifty nine, the crazy yeah. game. Blew them out the year after that, and they beat us last year. Yeah. We should have three straight wins against them, but they screwed us last year. They, they blew us out the one year, 56-35, the year before we had the shootout yeah, with them. Yeah, well, that was 2018. The fact that we scored 35 on them is a minor miracle because <laughs> that team was already – we were done at that point. But what are you going to do? Our um, first ma- matchup was the Orange Bowl with them. Yeah, I don't like them. We'll talk more about the this weird pseudo-rivalry as the week goes on. But we got to take a break. Before we do, reminding you again about our guys over at AirServe. Again, Air quality is weird right now. I think it's screwing with everybody's voices around here. It also can screw with your air conditioning or your heating system. You're constantly turning the heat on, the air on, the heat on, the air on. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. It can wreak havoc on your uh, your HVAC system. Call AirServe if you have an issue. They've got technicians available for you 24-7. They're like EMTs for your air conditioning. Call them at 502-264-9662. That's 502 502- 264-9662. They're going to come out to your house. They're going to fix your problem. And they're going to make sure that you are breathing the highest quality air in your home. Visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville. Or again, you can call them at 502-264-9662. We'll take a break. We'll come back. There's more UofL UK football rivalry chatter that's heating up, and it feels an awful lot like last year, which does not make me happy. We can talk about that now. Number two, we'll also take your text on the Thornton sex line at 502-414-1450. Four o'clock hour on the way next here on 1450 The Big X.
fighting team. We're really here. <laughs> and they're green. Them turtle boys don't cut no slack. Alright, real quick. I think this says a lot about a person. Rate the four turtles, favorite to least favorite. Okay. You, you know you know who my favorite is. You strike me as a Michelangelo guy. No, I'm a Raphael guy. Oh, okay. I was all Raphael. That actually makes Smart Alec. He wore the red, which I as a little fan, I was a big I always liked. He was the rebel. He he was the guy who yeah. was gonna do drugs before all his friends. So that kind of that, that checks. Even in the movie, the live action movie, he's the one that kinda he like says, damn in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> yes. I was like seven years old where the theater, like me and like every other seven year old looked at each other like, Oh my god. He, he's the one that finds Casey. He say no cartoon. He finds we're here Casey. To play. I mean He does. Yeah. We're playing with the big boys now. They're saying damn in movies that we're seeing. <laughs> this is this is huge. This it was a turning point in our adolescence. I feel like that was yeah. Uh, damn. I was like, what? He would be number one. Donatello, maybe probably number two for me. Very close, Leonardo three. And I'm actually, weirdly enough, Michelangelo last because I, he's kind of annoyed me. It was such a, he, he came up such so like gimmicky. I he mean, was the tryhard's favorite Ninja Turtle. Like he was the one, I guess I was, I don't want to say I, I was young enough. I mean, Ninja Turtles came out, I was like maybe like 10 or 11. So I was still into it. But like, I felt like he was more like, I wanted to be. I wanted to be older and cooler like Raphael. A little bit more mature. Yeah. R- Michelangelo, I think, would be more your five, six, seven, eight-year-old Ninja Turtle guys at the time. He was the, you know, the funny more one. Years. Like, He's I bet, comedic relief. I can see you being Michelangelo number one. I was Donatello number one. Okay, really? You nerd. You, very much. Very yeah. much like the, you know, he's smart. He beats up people with a stick. Like, that's, he was who I liked the most. That was the other thing about Raphael. I thought the size were the coolest weapon. I can see that. Like, nunchucks. I had nunchucks. But, they, again, they just seemed... It seemed forced with him being the nunchuck guy, too. I was Donatello 1. I was Michelangelo 2, not because of, I like the, oh, he likes pizza and he's he's crazy. He had, His name had Michael in it. And I was That's, like, I was a Michael yeah. as a kid. I'm there like, you know, I felt contractually obligated. Um, <laughs> Is that why you had the Mike and the Mechanics album? Pretty much. I'm the only kid to wear a Mike and Mechanics shirt to, t- to I was middle big into Genesis. <laughs> I... I probably would have had Leonardo three. I didn't like like kids who who had Leonardo as their favorite. I felt like were the kids that I didn't get along with the most. Like kids who the same kids who like had to wear number one for their like T ball teams. I'm like, come on guys. I feel like if you if, it's too easy. If you were a fan of like Leonardo, is that your favorite? Like that you were the same guy that wore multiple like collared shirts in high school. I think that I think that's probably like, right. You yeah. grew up to be the guy wearing like the three the three polo shirts at one time. The future front runner fan, the guy who's like <laughs> got big in the Braves for a while in the nineties, and then transitioned to the Yankees at the end of the nineties. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's kind of how that went. And then Raphael was my least favorite. Why well, you didn't like Raphael? Is because he was too edgy, too edgy for me at that age. I was young. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see. He's that. the bad guy. He's he rude. Was, he was. He was. <laughs> He's the only turtle with eight that they like highlight his negative characteristics in the beginning of the song. I love Everybody it. else has great characteristics. They're like, Raphael's rude. It's like, okay, well, why? Why why do we have to why are you pointing out my flaws in the main credits? <laughs> this is the time we were sort of like going over our good stuff. Leonardo's the leader. Donatello's smart. Michelangelo's fun. Sorry, I'm an ass. Let's let well, everybody they know. They can't, they can't make it they can't like it's for kids, so they can't make he's the sarcastic uh Humor. I mean, he's always upset. He's, he's always pissed mad. off constantly. <laughs> Grumpy. <laughs> God, I guess I'm gonna channel my anger by beating up. So, like, he's probably he's Raphael's the one who would have cut off the head of rabbits in the backyard. Well, first of all, I don't know about that because he was my favorite. <laughs> well, just saying. <laughs> 
think Raphael's There's a little... darkness to Raphael. <laughs> there, there is that I, I didn't want to fully embrace when I was six years old and first really getting into Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it was all about Donatello. He did say damn, though. He did. And it's, it was a life-changing moment. I was Donatello for, uh, for Halloween one year. <laughs> my mom made this like gigantic five-piece costume that took her like a full month she had to take off uh work for like, you know she could just gone to walmart and bought one. yeah but she wanted to be like the real deal she she like took off a full week of work is there a picture of you that we can yes. put down on social media and so that halloween it was ungodly warm like uncharacteristically warm and i'm in this gigantic costume i'm and assuming we, it was cloth of some kind i mean i don't even know what it was it, it was like it was very intricate and like we're at the end of our street and i'm like i want to go home mom's like you will go for an hour longer she's like you're, you're gonna die in this costume you're wearing that for the next sears portrait i felt bad oh, i mean were, not, you, were you old enough for sears portraits i probably was we never did them I don't okay think. <laughs> this it wasn't about age it was about social class <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably why if I wore a Ninja Turtle costume, your mom makes a nice one. Mine goes to the store and buys it from Target. Yeah, my mom always. <laughs> or more likely Kmart. No, my mom. <laughs> my mom is like awesome at sewing. Like she's she has sewed. Um, uh, my grandmother could do that, but not no, not my mom. Like she has sewed. I put a picture on Instagram last week. She's made um, our own Christmas stockings for both of our kids, and like they're un- oh, nice. unbelievable. Like, and she loves it. She loves doing crosses. She loves sewing. She loves all this stuff. And so we would at the beginning of October, we would always go to. Uh, what was that like, fabric store in Westport Plaza? It was like a Shaheen's, I think. Sounds familiar, but I don't. I don't. I didn't make my way into many fabric stores. Uh, wow. Well, we did this to pick out our <laughs> Halloween costume. They had a big book of like all these Halloween costumes. At the beginning of the month, we would like go through it and we pick out what we wanted to be that year. And then Mom would make the costume, um, and she was awesome at it. She made a Snoopy costume for me one year. Man, we uh, had which way different childhoods. Yeah, my, my mom. <laughs> I mean, my mom rules. There's no way around it. She was. She's the best mom. Um, I was Garfield one year. I don't know why I wanted to be Garfield, but I did. Uh, I was Santa Claus one year, which was awesome. I enjoyed that. But she always, yeah, she made, And then I got, like, lazy when I got older. I was a baseball player on strike during the strike year, which was <laughs> kind of straightforward. But when I was younger, she always made the costume. Mom, you tried to. Just, you couldn't always make the, I know, you you didn't have the time to be there. Someone had to be serving drinks at Jim Porter's. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Somebody had to be there. Love Jim Porter's. <laughs> you are raised at Jim Porter's. Phoenix Hill. Oh, that's right. Phoenix Hill. <laughs> he used, used to play in the Rose Guard, the Rock Guard, or whatever it was all the time. He grew up playing in there. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton yeah, text line. I'll that to the therapist list. Yeah. <laughs> We've kind of ignored the text line, so we'll get into it now. Uh, text says, uh, Shaheen's was in Holiday Manor, maybe Steinmart. No, it wasn't Steinmart. Yeah, um, I don't remember that name in, in Westport Plaza. Like Joanne's maybe fabric. It was. Um, you weren't on Westport Road because I knew Westport Road pretty well. It was on Westport Road because we live right off there, off Goose Creek. Now you're talking about Westport. Okay, now Goose Creek area, that's my, that's my yeah, neck I mean, of the woods. We, we live right where, and I know exactly yeah. where you are because we live right in the same place. Um, I can't, can't remember the name of it. My mom, if she was listening, would know. She was that West Plaza used to have like Win Dixie in it and everything. Exactly. Yeah. And that that, that Bear Nose. Um, well, the Bear Nose is where the Krogers used to be. Right, and that's that's where I'm talking the, about. Yeah, the, that Kro- area. the Krogers is now where Kmart used to exactly. be. Exactly, and that's that's what I'm talking about. It's that that it's cleared out now, but yeah. there used to be a store right there, like in the front right of that place. Oh, I guess there was a fabric store, and I can't remember what it was called. Um, text says Raphael's rude, but it rhymes with dude. <laughs> or Raphael's rude because it rhymes with dude. Oh, is that why? Rhyming was well, like fifty percent of the character development for characters in the nineties. Does Leonardo because because L leader Leonardo? He leads. Donatello was because it rhymes with science somehow. Makes machines. It makes Donatello makes machines. <laughs> Smart. Michelangelo was just whatever. Cool. We need a fun one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the only one, by the way, that, that of all the artists you can name, uh, four, probably the five, or probably because of Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
A lot of people, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how I knew ours growing up. <laughs> Pretty much. But then, then, who was Raphael named after, though, then? Wasn't it? Wasn't there? There's a painter. Well, I think your dad. Yeah. Can I to Or was he the only one not named after a painter? <laughs> Is that why he's so pissed? <laughs> They're like, <laughs> I mean, we're going to make him the yeah, end. There's, Once I, again, he's always got a chip on his shoulder. I mean, Donatello, we, I know. Leonardo, Leonardo, no. Michelangelo, I know. But I don't know. Who's the painter Raphael? It's just Raphael is the name of the painter. He didn't have a full name? I'm 90% sure that Raphael... <laughs> Is just yeah. What, what's he? But is, the Italian painter Raphael. Is he famous for anything in particular? Uh, Sanzio de Urbino is his real name, but he's better known as Raphael. He painted and he's the architect of the High Renaissance. Oh well, okay. That that's that's better than the Low Renaissance, if you ask me. <laughs> his best known work is the School of Athens, which is in the Vatican. Have you seen it? Are you looking at it? Would I recognize it? Um. Probably, maybe. Is he, is he? Did he do the staircase guy? What the staircase guy was stairwell to nowhere? MC Asher. Is that, what, is that <laughs> crazy stairs? <laughs> the text line's mad at you for saying Kroger is not Kroger. Come on, you're you're gonna get over that one, people. You're not an out of towner. I mean, if you if you if the you, locals know that it's Kroger. Are you mad? I say episodes too. <laughs> well, that's just a mispronunciation. <laughs> I've always got a. I think it was on this show that I learned there wasn't an S. You should have known. And I'm not an out of towner. I know. That's you gotta come on. What can I say? I went to Biggs. Texas I I was a Win Dixie guy anyway as a kid. Texas, I hate Dave Clawson and Wake. I feel the same as Mike. I tried to convince my buddy to bank Okay. What? (laughs) Yeah, I can guess that. You know what? You don't have to finish that text. I can figure where it's going. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even want to say that. He wanted, he wanted to bang on his front door and run away. That's yes, exactly it. right. TJ <laughs> Walker, the sports talker, sent in a picture of Michael on that infamous Halloween. It's a still frame from the, I think you should leave, the I don't want to even be around anymore, uh, which is very true. Was but, the costume better? Or, too much stuff on me. Was the costume better, worse, or the same as the uh, the ones they actually wore in the 1990 movie release? That was <laughs> about the same. <laughs> Did you know one of those was played by Corey Hames? Uh, only because you told me that before. <laughs> I, I know that one. And the other one was the guy was, I think it was Donatello. No, it was Leonardo, I think, was played by, uh, I think his name's Park or something. It's the guy that played um, uh, in the Star Wars movie, the uh, the red face guy in the, in the Star Wars. I can't believe I'm drawing up. Great, you're um, you're uh, nailing this, by the way. Um, <laughs> painting uh, quite the picture. high school all over again. <laughs> Dark Maul, Dark Moth, or whatever his name is. Darth Maul? Darth Maul, yeah. I've never even seen this. How do I know the character? <laughs> I don't either. The guy that played him, he's like uh, he does like a lot of uh, movie uh, choreographing with karate. He actually played one of them, too. Okay. Texas Mike, your voice is definitely better today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Try it. Better than my storytelling right now. Texas being forced to read out loud in class is actually pretty terrible of teachers. It was always... Yeah. It is kind of mean, I think. I always felt really bad for the kids that you like. everybody knew... We're not good readers in like, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade. Cause you could tell like how nervous they were to get called on, and you could tell how nervous they were when they did it. And I always felt off because, you know, some kids were always going to laugh. And you know, you're going to get bullied. Yeah. I always felt really, really bad. Especially by me. Yeah. I, mean, I had a kid in my fourth grade. You were the kid who was like waiting for it to happen. I, I won't say his last name, but because uh, I can't remember it, but his name was Tito. I'll never forget his name. I thought you were going to do it out of discretion. <laughs> like, no, I just don't remember it. No, I don't remember what he did, but I just uh, talking about feeling bad for a kid in fourth grade. His He did something, his mom, like, he got in trouble at home. 
And his mom came to the class and literally sat in the corner and put him over up and spanked him in front of the entire class. Oh my god! As like and doing you don't get over that. I mean, that's I, awful. I, yeah, not to mention his name's Tito. So I mean, it's those two things combined. I mean, I, I'm I've always curious whatever happened to him. He's probably cutting the head off rabbits <laughs> in my backyard. <laughs> That's terrible. In it front is. of everybody? Yes. It's like she sent him in the corner. I just remember one of the girls in our class like, I saw his butt. Oh, my. Because she pulled his pants down. Oh, like, my yes, God. And spanked his bare butt in front of the corner of the class. I mean, I've, I've been embarrassed for friends. But could you imagine somebody trying to do that? I know that the, all the, the great lines. That's like, insane. Do that today. I mean. But, yeah. Like that's. I mean, you shouldn't have been doing that then. You shouldn't have anyway. been doing it in 1988. That's awful. I mean, I've, I've, I've been in that situation before where you've been like at a friend's house for a sleepover or something, and their parents have gotten really mad at them, and they've yelled at them for that. Like, oh, yeah. That's always a little bit awkward and embarrassing. You know, like, hey, hey. Hey, Dan, can I see you around the front of the house real quick? And then you just hear them like, I got your report card today. Like, oh, my God. And like, he comes back with, like, tears running down his face. And sometimes your mom comes early from a trip to Minneapolis, and there's 40, like 30 yeah. people passed out in your par- apartment. It happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same story. <laughs> but I've never heard of anything like that at school. Like, that's that's awful. It's the first and last time that, I mean, yeah. I, I, I And I was curious. Like, again, this was in, I want to say fourth grade, so I want to say it was 88, roughly. Oh. Which I don't even know if that's okay for eighty eight too. Well, I mean, like we can have a talk about spanking, you know, if we want. I mean, but, I'm, I'm but like okay doing with spanking. it, doing it in front of the class at school. Oh yeah, to make a clear awful. point for yeah, and I don't even remember what the kid did. Whatever he did, it couldn't have been that bad. He's got to be in jail now. There's, there's <laughs> no, there's no way Tito's life went well. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it put him on the straight and narrow. And, I can't imagine. There's I mean, no I way. didn't get in that much trouble and passed the dare program then. And look at me. I mean, we. I mean. Failed it. So, I mean. Big accent. Maybe if I got spanked in front of the class, I'd be president right now. <laughs> <laughs> or at least mayor. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I took some spankings, but my, I don't think my mom was, I don't think my mom would have been like, I can't do that as an embarrassment. Hers was more like, I'm not getting up that early and going to class. Greenberg, Tara of Kelsey. I'll spank him when he gets home. <laughs> God. Um, I think I'm until two in the morning last night. Are you crazy? <laughs> Which is more like being asked to read in classes? It, it's sort it's the equivalent of when you get older, and I've said this before. In law school, they do at least you, at Brandeis, they did the, the Socratic method, where you, like you just get they call somebody randomly, and like you get peppered with questions for almost the entire class. That like, would it, suck. Usually one or two per people, and it was you are playing Russian roulette. Like if you didn't do the readings and didn't breathe the cases, which was pretty much me ninety percent of the day in law school. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get called on? Yes. Oh yes. Now some professors would let you know ahead of time. Like the nice ones would be like, you know, tomorrow, Mike and John, you need to read. Like you're going to be. That's asked very to do this nice week. to get a warning. And so yeah, I would do that. But like I had a couple too that were like, because how big were your classes? Huge. I mean, these are like you know theater classes. Yeah, so I never had a theater class. Basically, in the Western. Yeah, every law class is split into two different sections. So like you get like two different giant classes. So this is probably like fifty people per class, and yeah, like they tell you an orientation. Like you'll never forget the person who gets called first on the first day of class. <laughs> and I didn't. Like I remember exactly the poor girl who did. Like she was. You could tell she she did it was, well. It was the last day of class, <laughs> but she was terrified. I actually went like the first two months, the first semester, without getting called in any of the classes. And I was like, this is great. I'm like, I'm just. And then I started like, and then it was like one week. It was like bam, 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 like three days in a row in three different classes. I got called on. And the first day, I, it was one of the classes where I was prepared for it. The second day, I was not, and it was 
bad. Well, they, they bombard you with like like questions about whatever the course is. I assume the the reading from the previous night and the brief and like how you would handle this and wh- how you would apply the rule that you learned and all this stuff. And it's good just to check to see if you're good under pressure if you're going to be a lawyer. Yeah, I mean it, it's, it's kind of it's what they're preparing. One also just keep you on your toes. They're trying to make you learn the work. The second time I didn't do the reading, it was it was bad. Like I could you could tell the professor, and he was one of those where like they're supposed to talk like pepper you with questions for like twenty five minutes. And he did it with me for like 10 minutes and was just like, all right, let's move on. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's did ruining you, you the You couldn't even class. BS your way through I it. Was, no, it was terrible. Did you, did, you, did you at least go for like comic relief or anything maybe? Maybe that wasn't the best decision. I probably did and it probably went poorly. Yeah, probably crickets. I've already told you my jokes did not hit in law school. I was like, I'm in the wrong place. I've got nothing to share with you, SOPs. <laughs> After my Randy Newman joke went went south, I just had nothing. I was lucky. It was, I think the largest class I ever had was like I think 25, 30 people. Like I didn't have a lot of a very. I was never in one of those big classes. Like when my buddies went to Ohio State, oh, was, yeah. and then he was like, "How many people you have?" I was like thirty. He's like, "He's like, that's it." It's like my smallest class is like two hundred. Yeah. I'm like, how do you even talk to your professor? He's like, you got email a week ahead. Yeah. Like, some of those classes. Lord, are I couldn't. On one hand, I wouldn't mind that. On the other hand, it would be kind of frustrating. Texas, I'm a pod listener, and Trevor has to watch Uncut Gems. I mean, do I do I really need to watch it? Have you Have you watched it? I have. I don't think you need to watch. <laughs> I need this. I, I mean, I love suggestions from texters, but I, I need. I also need suggestions from people who know what I like. I know what you like. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you you knocked it out with Lonesome Dove. There's no way not to say that weird. <laughs> Even though the other night I was flipping the channel and Return from Lonesome Dove was on, you don't need to watch that. I stopped and watched it for a few minutes, and it was very disappointing. You don't need to watch it. Yeah, don't watch any of the sequels or prequels. I've or heard. Any, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not good. Too much Ricky Schroeder. Oh, he's the only one in it. I know. It's like, he's the only guy that he could get back. I'm like, I love Newt. Can't carry the whole th- sequel. Like, you really couldn't get DB Sweeney back. The guy hasn't done anything since this. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> Texas, tell Charlotte if they take Lance Taylor, they got to take Brian Brown too. They're a package deal. <laughs> or even better, just sell them a hiring Brown as their head coach. I'm sure Sat would give him a ringing endorsement. Just send Brian with them as like this driver. Like, <laughs> have him take him there. Just don't give him back. He says, oh, my God, Mike, you're getting as bad as Trevor as far as the derailments. Sorry. Yeah, the first segment today was on me. Hand up. My fault. It was bad. I mean, I'd probably do some gasoline on the fire. but You didn't help, but, I, but people expect that from you. Thank you. <laughs> expect the unexpected. Texas says, according to our stats guru, Kelly Dickey, our record for uh, blackouts games is 5-7 and seven overall and 1-4 and four against ranked opponents. I mean, the fact we've had 12 of them. We do one every year. They haven't gone well. We, I'm not, I'm muting them. I'm not going to do it. We did. We held off. There are a couple of times that we didn't do them after the original blackout game in 05. And then I remember we tried to do like whenever we tried after that, especially in those early years, it was so poorly done. Like I remember we did it in in uh, Satter, uh, Satterfield, Craigthorpe's last year. Yes, did not mean it. Stop, yeah. stop, stop. <laughs> in Craigthorpe's last year, we played West Virginia at home at like noon. It was freezing. The season was already over. We knew Pat White was going to run for a million yards against us. It, it was Pat White's senior season, so I guess that was 08. And we went to the game, and it was a, a blackout, but like the stadium was 30% filled, and maybe 6% of those people were wearing black. It was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was awful. Worse than the Arkansas State game. I was like, because Mary and I had just started dating, and I was like, you got to wear black to this game. It's a blackout. This is how we do it. And she's like, I'm wearing, she's like, I don't have a black coat. I'm like, you've got to. And so we bought like a black blanket or something, and I was like, you don't have to put that on. It's fine. Never mind. <laughs> Nobody else is doing this. Nobody cares. Please continue dating me. <laughs> I'm like, we're getting involved in this relationship at a very bad time for Cardinal Athletics. Yeah. 
Call me after the new coach is hired. I think the 0809 basketball season saved that relationship. I was like, okay, she's into the basketball team. She loves T. Well, we're good. Craig Thorpe almost ruined another relationship. Craig Thorpe almost took me out before I could even get started there. Then we get Charlie Strong right in the nick of time. Texas says, good call on the 80s cartoon themes to combat the start of the show. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Going back to our childhood. I did like it was dead animals right into Transformers. I didn't know. Transformers. <laughs> Texas is the death of animals going straight into Scott talk. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Texas says, did he just dare me to rush the field? I mean, I'm still – I know you're anti-rushing against – I still feel if you're being a top-10 team, regardless of the name next to it. I mean, anti, but I also don't care. And you're unranked. I don't care that much. If you want to do it, you do it. Okay. I mean, and I, I don't care if they don't. If they don't do it, I'm going to be like, what are you people doing? Get your butts out of those seats. I can't even celebrate this yeah. win because you didn't make your way yeah, out of the field. You storm the field. I'm, I'm the same way, but if they did it, I'm not going to be uh, surprising to most. I'm not going to be the old man going, "How dare you do that?" Because in my in the rule book that I've written, you know, along with being, you know, how you can fan and everything, is is that if you beat you're unranked, beating a top ten team, you are automatically allowed to storm the field or court. I think you're allowed, but I mean, imagine a imagine. Let's say Bama I think you have to, but you you are allowed. Let's say Bama season goes off the rails. And they, like, lose four in a row, drop out of the polls. They play Auburn, who makes a miraculous comeback and gets in the top ten at the end of the year. And they beat it. They're an unranked Bama team beating a top ten Auburn team. They're not storming the field. No. Yeah. There's, there's got to be some nuance here. But, I, don't, I mean, would you be okay with it if they did? No. Tell Bama, for God's sake. I mean, you lost me in the analogy anyway of where we got to. I mean, somehow Bama was unranked. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying. Like, I don't think it can be, like, an end-all, be-all rule. Like, an all-encompassing rule. I think if it was Auburn, they would. I don't think they would. Then they storm. They've stormed the field a few times. They stormed the field after the pick, the kick six. But yeah. I mean, how, like I, I think that's also part of like the nuance is if it like if Louisville won this weekend against a top ten Wake Forest team on a like ninety nine yard field goal kick return. I guess our exception. Then hell yeah, get on the field. I mean, there are exceptions to the rules like Tennessee beating Alabama. Tennessee was ranked. 20th. That's fine with that. If you're if you're ranked, you probably shouldn't storm against an opponent. But if in the situation of losing fifteen in a row, I think every situation is different. Yeah, there is. And also, like I don't really. But primarily, if you're unranked in their top ten, that's usually pretty much an open invitation. This usually for sure. And, and again, like we have all these like hot takes. Like I, at the end of the day, I don't care. Like yeah. if thirty drunk college kids are going to like lead the rest of the stadium into storming the field, then I'm fine with it. Like, I've if, accepted long ago that I am not in touch with what's cool today. Clemson does it every game. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> five weeks. I think if anything, we should go flip Clawson's car after the game. <laughs> Texas time was not on the sidelines. I've heard otherwise. He's, he's still on campus. So I awesome. trust my si- tie-on sideline source. Texas says, Mike, does the way the defense dominated against Pitt give you any confidence Satterfield could be better with better recruits? I mean, he asked you, not me. Not yet. I, I don't think it's changed my overall viewpoint, which is that if Satterfield can't get this team to seven wins at the bare minimum – what leads me to believe that he can get this elite recruiting class to 10 wins in two or three years. I, I still kind of stand by that. Now, if we have a, I'm willing to, to, to shift my viewpoint. I mean, college seasons are always fluid. I, I think you, you can't just be rigid in your, your stance. If the data changes to Lachlan McLean quote, and we beat wake beat James Madison. And then let's say take somehow two of three, from UK, Clemson, and NC State in the, the final three games and go eight and four, then yeah, like all, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I, 
I fully think that he can take Pierce Clarkson and company and turn them into a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 type team, have a special season in 2024 or 2025. But if we just go 6 and 6 and the defense plays okay, but the offense doesn't do enough and you know we beat a let's say the most realistic end of the season, we lose to Wake this weekend, beat James Madison, beat a depleted NC State team, lose to UK and Clemson, then I'm still where I've been this whole season, which is I I don't He's an okay coach. I don't. Th- I don't trust him to get us back to having special type seasons, even with special classes, which is I think where we all want to be eventually. Like, why get excited about recruiting classes if you don't think it's going to eventually lead to ten and two, eleven and one type seasons, right? Right. And that's where I say, like, one game is like, I'm impressed with what the defense has done. I'm impressed with the turnaround. I want to see it against a. I mean, Wake's offense is elite. Does it bother you a little bit though that? Like in two weeks, we've seen improvement already on the defense with Seth's influence, and we've seen barely any offensive players improve in like five years under him. It's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just the offense <laughs> needs to be better. There's no way around it. The offense has got to be better, and if it's not, we're not going to beat Wake Forest regardless of how the defense plays. The problem with the offense is it's just it's very simple and basic, and I just again, I mean, not to be mean, I just don't think Malik is just the right quarterback to be. He hasn't been good this year. Yeah. Like, like he's had, he certainly has the moments. But I mean, on Saturday he was just. There's no way around. He was bad. He was yeah. bad on Saturday. And if he's not much better, we've got no chance to beat Wake. I don't think we have much of a chance to beat Clemson or UK. And we probably don't have. Like we're probably up against against NC State. Maybe James Madison. Yeah, because Madison, I think offensively, is not bad. I, mean, I know Marshall. They were bad this last weekend, but yeah, they're also they've gotten banged up, which is this happens to a group of five teams. That, of course. Once again, the great scheduling of James Madison. They have a bye week going into their game against us. I mean, it's just it's all it's all set up perfectly for them. That's why they were president. The world loves James Madison. It's not fair, <laughs> except um, for the ones that voted against him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we we'll get to more of your text. Also, we'll get to this UK nugget. Before we do, though, reminding you, if you have financial needs, there's only one place to go in this city. First Bankers Trust, your leaders in wealth management. They work with you individually to make sure that you're hitting not some of your financial goals, but all of your financial goals. If you have needs in investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, financial planning, or more, First Bankers Trust has you covered to find out what they can do for you. Visit firstbankerstrust.com for capable offense, for defensive play calling, for making money, for doubling money. There's only one word that the conversation has to start with. Trust. Trust. First Bankers Trust. We trust First Bankers Trust. Firstbankerstrust.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More text on the way. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Tuesday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe is there. 
This is not a great song. Where the other ones? Well, it's not much flow. I do like the narrator telling us who they are, though. It's very just... It's ruthless terrorist. It's high on description. It's low on catchiness. But it's got cool graphics. I mean, for the visual, it's cool. Yeah. I was, never you, big, you, I was never a big G.I. Joe I was going to say, kid. you weren't a G.I. Joe guy, no, were you? No, never, never a big G.I. Oh, Joe guy. Oh, I loved G.I. Joe. I mean, I mean, I've told the stories, obviously. I, I'm at the point, I was the age where I'm like, I've been on, I've like gone online looking about maybe buying old G.I. Joe, like the toys I didn't, I couldn't have when I was a kid to have. Now. Really? Like, I've, look, I've looked at like prices of like maybe buying some, uh, not necessarily the figures. You know, I would love to have the figures again. Even though I do have stuff, a lot of my figures, most of them are kind of busted up, but. Uh, the, what I'm thinking of is like not not the aircraft carrier per se because it's way too expensive and way too big, but like other like vehicles like you know some of the planes and some of the things that the you know the the bad guy vehicles like the snake and the uh, the snake tank and stuff like that. Like I, I've I've thought about it. You like Seinfeld with the girlfriend? You watch I, with all the toys. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, if a girl wants to come over and drug me with turkey and box of wine to play with my toys she's more than welcome to <laughs> so at real card game on twitter kelly dickey always has fabulous facts and he, he just is he's turned out in the last 20 minutes or so a bunch of just fantastic facts. i love this stuff so here we go apparently pitt's game louisville's win over pitt last weekend was just a statistical anomaly in a, in a lot of ways so here's the first one louisville's win over pitt on saturday was its first home win without a rushing touchdown since a 26 to nothing win over UConn on October 23rd, 2010. It's a long time. No rushing touchdowns. I don't know if I thought to look up that stat. Like, what do you think? Okay. It was the first game in the history of Louisville football, 104 seasons of Louisville football. Okay. Where neither team returned a kickoff. No kickoff was returned. All Every kick in the game went through the end zone for a touchback. What about punts? Oh, they kick off and punts. Just kick off. Okay. Kind of wild. That is interesting. Also, Louisville has gone back-to-back games without returning a kickoff for just the second time in program history. I feel like that's a stat that's maybe not going to be alone to us with the amount of... Now it's become a new thing. They're trying to take the kickoff out of the game. Yeah. And then this stat, Louisville has won consecutive games while being shut out in the first quarter for the first time since beating Syracuse and Cincinnati in back-to-back weeks in 2006, the Orange Bowl season. All I hear is, we're back. We're back. I mean... Orange Bowl team, this is. We're same, and it was October of the Orange Bowl season hey, as that, well. That, te- that team had. We're uh, in our stride. That team had two quarterbacks. This team has two quarterbacks. We're playing at a BCS level right now. <laughs> is what I is how I read that stat. Wake Forest, you're screwed. Yeah, you're done for. We know how that year ended. I think I, us beating Wake Forest. I don't even think was that Wake Forest team. I don't even think ranked in the top ten though when we beat them in the uh, in the Orange Bowl. They were like number fourteen 15, or something. Yeah, yeah. We were five. They were fifteen. Yeah. I remember watching. This is their highest ranking versus us, actually, in, in, in the rivalry. I believe it. Yeah. I remember watching their. They played Georgia Tech in the ACC, ACC championship game, and I think they won. Like it was like seven to three. It was the worst game I've ever watched, and I was rooting for Georgia Tech because I'm like, at least their name has a little bit of cachet on it. And Wake Forest, I don't want to play them in a, our first BCS game, <laughs> going to an Orange Bowl. I was like, very close, nine to six. It was terrible. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was an awful game. I think it was raining. It was just a horrific game. And of course, Wake won. And I'm like, this is the least sexy opponent I could imagine. But it wound up being a fun game. Made the trip. It'd been fitting if that we'd play the Georgia team, but that's Calvin Johnson on it. it they did, and they were yeah. threw the ball to him like six times a game, and those were the only six passing attempts of the game. They had 76 catches for 1,400 yards that year. 
Oh man, ridiculous. Uh, 502-414 is uh, 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Let me say that again. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text lines. We got about uh, 10 minutes here before we wrap up the second hour, so we'll take some texts from you guys. Texter says, uh, does anybody actually know any Wake Forest fans? I know a couple. Only because they went to school there. But as far as like, you know, not a I lot mean, of sidewalk Wake Forest fans. I know one person went to school there, and he's not even a fan of him, and that's John Renshaw. I know another person went to school there who's not. He's yeah. also a bigger Louisville fan than he is there. Shout out to my guy, Renshaw's Connor. Renshaw's a Maryland fan. He yeah. actually played football at Wake Forest for a year, and he's still a bigger UofL fan. <laughs> Love him for it. Um, Texter says, can't read that. Texter says, the sound of the stream sounds really good today. Dennis Leary came through loud and clear. <laughs> you know, we, always, we only get texts about the stream when it's screwing up, and recently it's been, it's, you know, the it's cutting out too soon for the commercials that you, know, you guys are just being cut off or the stream sounds like crap. I like a good text letting us know that the stream is good. I appreciate that. Yeah. The stream doesn't get enough love. Makes me feel good. Well, I'm glad. Made my day. Texas, I'm only half joking, but does Kanye cost us AJ Johnson? Have what happened s- to Kanye? Well, today the big news, Adidas dropped him. Okay, so I guess he made some anti-Semite remark or something. Made some anti-Semitic jokes. Okay. Um, not even jokes, just semitic statements uh, okay. and he has not backed down from them he also like a week ago was where, like, where was that for that i didn't even see that in the headlines or anything i don't know where you've been <laughs> <laughs> the queen died i did see the uh, one actor died yesterday though in a car accident that was sad the g- guy from will and grace yeah i, I remember the, Jordan, yeah, the little, the little yeah. like older guys always goofy and stuff i'm about yeah. to bust that's yeah. where i know yeah. from <laughs> the meme <laughs> Um, that was like that was sad to see. COVID, what's this? <laughs> when did Petrino leave? <laughs> I thought we were a two point What the hell, man? Um, no, I didn't. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe it's because Kanye says goopy stuff all the time that just doesn't get headlines anymore. Yeah, but <laughs> or as much. It's been a bigger deal recently. He says some stuff, and then like ten days ago, he's like, he's like, I can say anti-Semitic bleep. And Adidas cannot drop me. I saw that. He's I like, just... let me say it again. I can say anti-Semitic things, and Adidas cannot drop me. And ten years later, Adidas is like, you're dropped. I love the. Uh, I saw that clip because I probably did giggle a little bit. Was like the German-based company was like, we will not have it. <laughs> yeah. I was like really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know it's been like what eighty years since the Nazi regime fell, but you know what I mean, it's still kind of kind of. <laughs> There's a history there. There's a history. Yeah, you weren't all. People on va- don't forget. You weren't all on vacation. <laughs> The A.J. Johnson thing, I, I can only imagine that, because the reference for those who don't know, like A.J. Johnson plays at Donda Academy, which is Kanye West School, his prep school in California. Um, so I, I would hope that that's... I can't imagine that's going to be a factor with Louisville being an Adidas school and now there being bad blood between Kanye and Adidas. I did see today that... Nice on the Taylor Swift reference there between, for Kanye, too. Unintentional, but thank you. <laughs> the... The Donda Academy team I saw today, they're going to play a game in Louisville at Freedom Hall on December 11th. So A.J. Johnson will be in town in December. We don't okay. know if, if he's going to turn that into like an official visit or... We need to turn it into one. The fans need to just bombard that game and just treat it like like the, the, the Kentucky fans got Jamal McGlory well, Derby Classic. The problem is they're going to be playing North Laurel, which is Reed Shepard's team. <sighs> so there will be a lot of Kentucky fans in the building already for that game to check out Reed Shepard. But... Like, I don't know. The the fan in me that wants to think the best in, in all these types of situations says they're bringing him to town because they think they've got a live shot at getting him. Which, you know, once again, A.J. Johnson has said he does not plan on committing until the spring. So it's not like 
you're going to schedule this game, get him in town when he is committed to Texas, like in mid-November. I, I think they feel like they've still got a shot at him. This is a good chance to show him off to the, you know, how passionate the UofL fans are, show him Freedom Hall, the, all the history there, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, get him on campus for at least one time in an unofficial or official capacity. So that was good news to me when I saw that. The other three games, if you're interested, by the way, Trinity's going to play Huntington Prep. Uh, North Oldham, uh, David Levitch's team, is going to play Spire Academy from out of Ohio. And then Woodford County is going to play uh, Bucktel from Ohio. Um, it, there's going to be Jaden Johnson, who's a top 25 freshman in the country, is going to be playing in this. There's uh, Rob Dillingham, who's the UK commit, is going to be playing in this. Jasper Johnson, who's a top 20 sophomore, is going to be playing in this. And, and then, of course, Reed Shepard and AJ Johnson going head-to-head. And kind of the – it's the the last game. It's sort of the, the highlight game, the, the – the, uh, main, the event. main event uh, thank you god uh that i'm looking for good news to me to have aj johnson at least in town at least we know he's coming for, yeah in some way shape or form right show him freedom hall and big like, where we play now i promise it's better than this if we lose right. aj johnson because kanye west made anti-semitic comments and <laughs> and bleeped around and found out I'm, i mean only louisville would have that type of law no no you, you are you gonna burn your yeezys is no. that what they're called yeah Okay. Yes. Like incredibly, getting that right. You nailed it. Thank you. You know what Yeezys are. <laughs> no, no idea. I think they're <laughs> shoes, right? Yes. Okay. Even what if AJ Johnson comes That's out? There's a one in five chance I'm going to get that right, by the way. AJ Johnson's like, I was going to go to Louisville. I was all set to go. And then they did my guy yay wrong. <laughs> I'm going to Texas Tech. Lubbock. Let's do it. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Maybe he. I would die. <laughs> maybe he, go, he picks us just to do this school just to, to stick it to Kanye because of his comments. Well, then he, what if he got kicked out of school afterwards? Because I think he's not committed to the spring. We can bring him here. We can put him at more. Not the first time we've done it. Other recruiting notes to get to, by the way, today. <laughs> he go to Wagner and spend a year. Multiple uh, recruiting writers have reported, so I'm trusting them here, that Kenny Payne spent some time today with uh, five star junior Trenton Flowers, who's oh, in town nice. over the weekend for Louisville Live. Apparently, according to all the quotes, had a fantastic time. Uh, Payne wasting no time following up with Trenton Flowers, trying to make sure that he, you know, stays in his good graces. That would be a, I mean, that, that kid is the real deal. Five-star player, top 10 kid, uh, according to some scouting services in the 2024 class. Uh, landing him would be a, a hell of a start with that class. So props to Kenny Payne, being aggressive here, trying to make some plays. Let's do it, Kenny. All aboard the Payne train. Um, get on board or get run over. <laughs> somebody just... Step on or get step 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 aboard or get stepped on. I mean, I so I, I tweeted, I retweeted the Kenny Payne thing, that's that, and just said cards are back. Or the Kenny Payne, the the Kelly Dickey tweet about us. You know, first time we've had back to back games with Ball of Boss since '06, yeah. and I said the cards are back, and somebody's like, Jesus, Mike, read the room, because my text showed up right underneath a text from Merrick Greg Fisher saying it's with a heavy heart that I share that my father George Fisher passed away at the age of ninety. I can't control that. Read the room, man. Come on. I can't control that. How dare fault. you? That's not my fault. The Fishers are never coming on the show now. They used to, Greg used to come on the other show. Did he really? Yeah. He would always call in because he and John had a relationship. And there were a couple times where John was off and I was hosting by myself. And our producer was like, the mayor's on the line. And I was like, what do you want to talk about? Abrams? <laughs> I was Is Fisher like, the one that made the money off the Coke machine yes, thing? Yes, the okay. soda machines. Yeah. I, so I would be like, you know, I, 
What did you think about the Carnes game last night, Mayor? And I'm, I'm, I basically have to be like, what do you want to talk about? Like, why are you calling him the show? <laughs> what did you talk about? <laughs> I mean, he usually had some, like, sometimes he would, he usually would call him because he wanted to talk about, like, some event that he was going to over the weekend or, like, some, you know, new plan. But there was one time where he called him, he, like, literally had nothing to talk about. And John wasn't there to talk to him about what they, whatever they discussed on Wave 3 Lessons. You should have just gone completely a be like, so uh, I pretty much did. I was like, I was like, who would you hire as the next football coach? And he had no idea what to say. No, I would be like, on that third down and long call play, would you have gone with the screen or would you have maybe gone with maybe something else? I think else? I kind of did. I would have just seen it because I gave him the open ended question to like run with, and I'm like, so what's you know what's the the mayor? I'm sure you know you're a busy man. Like, what's the mayor up to this weekend? And he was just kind of like, I'm hanging out. I was the- like, well, <laughs> let's get into some X's nose talk then. The most awkward I've ever done with an interview in that way is that we. We used to have one of those, uh, the Knob Creek Gun Show. Was Knob Creek was, Gun yeah. Show. And like, so we'd always have to have like one of the guys on there to talk about it. And this was like, when I was doing some weekend stuff with Dave Ragone. And I'm like, we're doing this weekend Saturday show. And I'm like, we've got to have this guy on to talk about the the, the gun show. And Dave's just like, I never fired a gun. I was like, what do I ask him? I was like, I don't know. I don't own a gun. I would have no idea. He was, I was like, do, 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 do you ever fire? I was like, I've never owned a gun. I've never fired a gun, Dave. I was like, neither have I. So we get this guy on, and we're like, "So, um, like, like machine guns?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, we've got some conscription." And I don't know why. How I was about like, that Second Amendment? He was like, "Do you have a grenade launcher?" And I'm like, like, "I was like, what's the biggest thing you've ever blown up on the range?" And we just got very goofy with this interview. And I think it's about then the guy was like. What are these knobs? <laughs> I'm Knob Creek. I would have been McLovin talking about beer at that liquor store. Yeah. It was like, I heard they ordered just put more hops into it. <laughs> I'd be me. I'd be like, I heard they have faster triggers these days. I got uh, my best part was when he those like one of the sales like five and under getting half off. We're like five and under. Jesus. Like, how, like what kind of army militia are you running over there? Like who brings who brings their four year old? Like come on, junior. <laughs> You're getting half off, so you can fire this revolver today. Texas says Dark Moth, which you said instead of Darth Maul earlier. Dark Moth. <laughs> Dark Moth, Sean Moth's alter ego. <laughs> dark Moth is what happens when the avalanche get eliminated. When you piss Sean off. Yeah, what, you get Dark Moth. <laughs> that's when Dark Moth comes out. You don't want to know Dark Moth. <laughs> Sean texted me earlier this week um, after the show. He was... He said hey, they've been doing a lot recently, but he was able to to listen. And he was like, it was the show we were talking about, like, the UK family. Like, have you guys had a high point since you came on? And you were like, Sean Moth dropping in. And Sean was like, if I'm the high point, <laughs> it's, it's, it just makes me feel even more sad for you guys. Like, well, it's true. I was like, thank you. Um, Texas, by the way, Corey Feldman voiced Donatello in Doesn't TMNT. Doesn't Corey Haynes. You said Corey. I think you mean Corey Haim. Haim, yeah. But you, Texas says Trevor once again got the wrong Corey. <sighs> well, come on. Mix it up to Corey's. And that's any 80s kid. Corey Haim is actually the one who's. No. Corey Feldman. Which one passed away? Corey Haim. I think it was Corey Haim. Corey Haim. He was the one in the movie Blown Away with Nicole Eggert where she does the full nude scene. That is. Cr- <laughs> Well, I had to. I love that you remember that. Well, I had to point out: was there any other reason to watch the movie Blood and Blood? I was going to say, I mean, whenever you have like some sort of reference that's that that is that obscure, there's always a reason, and you usually reveal the reason very quickly. I mean, it's like a, a, it's like Embrace the Vampire. I mean, what what kid in my age has not watched Embrace the Vampire to see if we'll nude Alyssa Milano? What's Embrace the Vampire? It's some some it's a horrible movie where Alyssa Milano does full nude scenes. Okay, I mean, is, is that like the? Do, do not say more. Is that like the, the for, plot for really? your generation? For my generation, it was the gift with Katie Holmes. I get yeah. Which everybody watched that movie, which was god awful, just for that like 
two seconds. Another movie, Sirens, with uh, with uh, Hugh Grant and a full and a full nudity of uh, uh, Mr. Skin. Mm. Ellie McPherson was uh, did a new scene in that movie. Trevor's doing his Mr. Skin impression. <laughs> oh, oh man, no, don't 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 tempt me. I grew up on before the internet days of video. Nobody man. wants. Nobody's trying to tempt. You. I mean, you can, <laughs> I can I can name them for days over here, guys. Texas says, "Help me, <laughs> help explain this four and a half point spread." Wake's only loss is overtime against Clemson, and they've handled some opponents that Louisville has lost to. The spread reminds me of way back in week two when Louisville was only a six and a half point underdog to Central Florida. Looks like a no brainer that Louisville was going to get rocked, and it does again. Don't you feel like this spread should be eight to 10 points? Vegas usually knows, and I'm hoping they're right again that this game will be tight. Go cards. Okay, so I'm assuming we've done this like three weeks in a row, though. I'm assuming we're getting four and a half, or we're. Yeah, and it opened at five. It opened at five and a half, actually. The, the spread has come down in our direction since it opened. So, wait a minute, so what is it now? It's Wake, Wake is a four and a half point favorite. Okay, that's okay. I was going to say there's no way we could be favored. But we've now done this certainly the last two weeks where, I mean, you and I didn't understand the pit spread, why it was going, Not more, why we were favored, and why it was going more towards us. I mean, I even texted friends like at the beginning of the game when we were looking awful. I'm like, I can't believe we're favored in this game. And then the Virginia game, a lot of people were shocked that we were favored on the road until I think right at kickoff it swung because they announced that Brock Doman was starting. So we've done this a few times. South Florida game, everyone's like, I can't believe it's only why. How are we 18 and a half point favorites? How are and it went down to 13 and a half? How are we two touchdown favorites over these guys? And we won by you know 35. So. I can always assume that the people are thinking the same thing. We have Sats had some success against Clawson. Well, and also, like, if if that's telling you anything, when we've been the most shocked about spreads like, in a detrimental manner to our own team, the team is typically covered. It's been when we were like, yeah, it's about right, when the team has kind of crapped the bed. Like, I thought the, I thought we were a little shocked the Syracuse spread was we, I was going to say, we, we thought we should be bigger favorites against Syracuse, and we got rocked, but now we know Syracuse is, is better than we thought they were going to be. But still, they shouldn't have beaten us by 24. No. Um. I think BC and Florida State, we thought that those spreads were about right, and we were surprised by BC beating us, and Florida State was right at the spread. But the last couple of weeks, we like, every Louisville fan that I've talked to has been like, I can't believe this number. And we've talked on the show, like, oh, I can't believe this number. And then it's been, we've we've covered the number. I mean, if I'm from an outsider and I saw that, I would be wanting to hammer probably Wake Forest. I I feel the same way, which makes me feel good because when you look, we both were very wrong last week. I mean, you look, and I know he brought up a little bit. I mean, they they easily covered the last two weeks of Boston College and Army, both home games nonetheless. I know they had to have covered it at Florida State because they were probably underdogs anyway, and they won by 10. Look, we don't lose at home. I mean, against, against six, the spread. I'm, I would be shocked if Wake Forest is with their 6-1 and one overall. They they may be like 5-4-2 five and, five and, and two versus the spread this year. I'm well, I know they barely beat Liberty. By, they beat them by they one. probably didn't cover that one. They probably covered Vanderbilt unless it was over twenty, which I'd be shocked. They covered against Clemson because that was on the road. And I know they covered. They had to cover Florida State because that was on the road too, and they bought one by ten. I don't know what the, they beat Army by thirty five, and they beat Boston College by by thirty eight. I'd say both those would be covers. I would assume, yeah. Boston College at the most was twenty one. I would. So say. they're probably yeah. Liberty's probably the only game they haven't. Vandy, they only beat by twenty. I bet they were bigger favorites than that. It was week two though at Vandy. Might I bet not. they were because Vandy was. But that was also was that Hartman too, wasn't it? No, that was he came back. Oh, he, only, he only missed the season. That over. was probably on the border then. That might be on the. the it's, it's give or take on that one. I don't know. I'd be willing to bet they were heavy favorites in twenty. That they were favored by more than that. I could see eighteen twenty being the line. No, I'm wrong. Uh, they were thirteen and a half point favorites in that game. Yeah. Okay. So they're they've only not covered the spread once. And that's Liberty. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> not overly encouraging. Well, Liberty is a uh, a church based university. We're on a church based 
kind of channel. Maybe that's a good omen for us to cover. That's an all-time twist right there, which I, I enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Let's take a break. When we come back. I'm to stretch on that one. That's, that's all good. <laughs> all stretching I've ever done. We'll take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hours on the way. We have some, uh, some UK tidbits to get to. The rivalry talk is already heating up, even though we're still over a month away from the battle for the Governor's Cup. We'll get to that. We'll take some texts as well at 502-414-1450. It's all coming your way next here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Sometimes, some crime goes slipping through the cracks, but these two gumshoes are picking up there's no case too big, no case too small. When you need help, just call Ch 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 Rescue Rage. I can't hit the note. I can't do it. And there's danger. Balls. I'm sitting here watching the video. Rescue Rage. Chippendale. What are those danger? All right, welcome in. <laughs> Sorry, it's distracted. No, I love it. The nostalgia's <laughs> thick today. I enjoy it. Now, they came on the same time, then back-to-back, and nonetheless, you had to pick Chippendale or DuckTales. You've asked me this before. Uh, DuckTales. Do, do, do. Marijuana affects the memory. I was DuckTales. <laughs> I'm a DuckTales guy. Exactly. I have yeah. no problem with that. Uh, welcome back in. Third hour of the Mike Rutherford Show. We, I promise no dead animal talk did you hour. Did you ever watch the Chippendale movie that I, I love no. so much? Why have you not watched it yet? You can watch it with Virginia. You can have daddy-daughter time. Uh, no. She hasn't watched movies yet. It's a good way to start. Yeah, it's not happening. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> uh, welcome back in. 5 o'clock hour of the Mike Rutherford Show. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We'll get to as many texts as we can. Uh, this hour, we've talked about a number of things. Scott Satterfield's weekly press conference. We discussed that. Uh, we took a bunch of texts that led us in a variety of directions. We mentioned Kelly Dickey's wild stats about the pit game, which was... Same statistically unique um we talked about ag johnson coming to town next uh, i guess in december with this donda academy team will the kanye west fallout affect the recruitment of aj johnson only god can say we'll find out at some point uh we, I, I should mention the multiple textures that have texted in about the irp thanks for helping us to continue to, to get us. that going on the i did see our friend matt mcgavick who we had on the show today he looked at the timeline Definitely. between yeah thank you he looked at the timeline between NC State's hearing and when they got their ruling from the IRP and Memphis's ruling and when they got their uh, you know, punishment from the IRP. And it was, I think, 129 days for NC State, 132 for Memphis, which would put that timeline for Louisville getting its ruling from the IRP between tomorrow and Sunday. Ooh, so, I mean, you know you're not getting it on Saturday or Sunday, probably. Next three days. So we're thinking Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I, again, I, I go back to what I was told at the beginning of the month, which was the next four weeks before the calendar flips to November is what I was told, and this is these are the last three days. What would be so you said between you said between what one twenty five and one thirty one or something for the other two? It was one twenty nine and one thirty two. Okay, one thirty two. What day are we on today? Exactly. Today is one twenty eight. Between our hearing and when we would get the punishment. So again, it would be if that so we could hear something in the next hour, maybe. We, I mean, could have heard something three weeks ago. I would think Louisville's Louisville's going to know before it comes public, right? 
I would guess so because it always leaks. With Memphis, it leaked the morning of. They're like, this is going to happen in a couple of hours. And that only happens because Memphis, I'm sure, got the heads up. Yeah. I don't know if it was the night before or if it was the, the morning of, but they knew before the actual ruling came out that it was going out. I would assume the same is going to be true for Louisville. My question at this point is, what could possibly be the holdup? Like, there's there's no new information. You've had this case for five years. <laughs> well, two years since we went to the IRP. Yeah, the, still. The, the case has been investigated by the NCA for five years. You've had the full hearing. You've read everything that Louisville has submitted. You, like, the punishment... It's not like you're sending somebody to jail. Like you don't need to go through fifty. Well, they've already counts. done that, and they've been released in some cases. Yeah, I, I just I don't. Yeah, that's it's literally. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just don't understand the hold up here, especially if it's going to come out that it's like, you know, whatever the ruling is. Like you should know nothing's going to change in the next seventy-two hours. You should not need seventy-two more hours to deliberate. You shouldn't have needed a month to deliberate. Do you think it's because they're sending it by postal mail? Carrier pigeon. <laughs> I, mean, I guess they want to. They, they're like, we sent you the fax three weeks ago, and Josh Hart's like, we got a fax machine. <laughs> Where, where's that at? It's like it's in the back closet over there. I did like our boy Neil Katile on MSNBC earlier this week with the U of L basketball visible. I, I don't know. My only thing that I can think of is the IRP wants to make sure it's covering every possible base, just so it avoids some sort of legal thing. Because you can't appeal the ruling. You can't. Uh, appeal it, but you could technically take this to the actual courts. The Supreme Court? Yeah, there's a very different, well, not Supreme Court right away. Well, but state Supreme Court, I mean. Yeah. yeah, you could you could take legal action on this. You cannot appeal it through this, any sort of NCA jurisdiction, but I feel the need to mention this because I think a lot of times we get lost in the weeds here. There's a difference between the NCA bylaws and the actual law of America. Like, these, <laughs> like, these people aren't breaking laws. The NCA cannot yeah. send anybody to jail. The IRP cannot send anybody to jail. But Louisville could take legal action if they feel like we just got completely hosed. And so maybe the IRP wants to make sure that they're, I don't know, checking. I, I can't imagine what could possibly be taking this long. I Crossing just, I don't other get T's it. and dotting other I, I's. I, lowercase J's. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne's World 2 reference there. I liked it. You didn't get it, yeah. All right. Uh, so we've got about, what, a month to go until the Battle for the Governor's Cup, a little bit more. And we're already doing the same thing that we did last year, where <sighs> people are looking at the strength of schedule, like who the teams beat. And I saw don't do it, people. Our guy Andy Sweeney, who's on at the same time as us, no. but is yeah, you know, he just he he lives for this stuff. He, I mean, he first of all, he's on a five and one Giants high right now. He is. He's loving life. Yeah, he's he's all yeah. Nothing, nothing bad could be going on in his world right now. But he has noticed that Andy beat me in fantasy football this weekend. The average strength of schedule, according to the Sagarin ratings, for Louisville so far this season is sixty seven, and for Kentucky at seventy one. Louisville once again has technically played a tougher schedule. You know. When you put it that way, <laughs> and then I, I love what he did. He goes, and now that Sats is controlling the defense, it's new. It's a new world. I mean, if he, he went on to say this, if Kentucky were to lose this weekend to Tennessee, and they're what a two touchdown underdog. By the way, I'm just on Tennessee's new Hold black on. on orange jerseys. They yeah. are cool looking. And if Louisville were to win on Saturday over Wake Forest, we'd have identical records, five and three overall. Yeah, UK true. would be under 500 in conference. We'd be at 500 in conference. That is true. Our best win would be against Sagarin number 15, Wake Forest. Their best win would be over Sagarin number 16, Mississippi State. Oh. And also those jokes about UCF being better than Florida from a few weeks ago, they're not really jokes anymore. UCF still, even after last week's loss, number 32 in the Sagarin, and Florida's number 39 in the Sagarin. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Guarantee a win over UK. I'm I'm feeling like I think I think I think we I think we're gonna we're gonna pull this out. I love every UFA fan looking at this and they're like, "Cool, we're still probably gonna lose by 21." And every UK fan saying the same thing. <laughs> like the numbers could be so 
The numbers, but listen, we fell for this hook, line, sinker last year. You fell okay? for it. I didn't fall for it. All right. Thank you for reminding me of that. On Just letting you know, basis. there's no royal we here. Because <laughs> no every time you try to say, like, we both fell for it, I'm like, uh-uh. I was being the broad generalization of we, me being the rest of the Louisville nation, okay? We wanted to fall for it. We want to fall for it again. We just, we can't. We're not falling for it again this time. The old uh, George W. Bush. Fool me once, shame on me. (laughs) Fool me twice, shame on me. We can't get fooled again. Thank you, Tommy. Can't get fooled again. (laughs) The the who? Uh, Just, no, we're not, no, this is, no, not happening. Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. This is just like, no, I mean. I don't think most Louisville fans will do this again. I'm not. I don't. I've gone back to the back. I've done the one mistake before where you're like, in the relationship comparison where you go like, eh, you know, why did I break up with her? And you kind of, you get you, you give her a call back and it's kind of cool for like, a, you know, a little bit. And then you realize, now I remember why I broke up with her. Yeah. And then you don't want to like, then you got to like, stop answering your phone for a week and pretend like you're not home. So, I mean, that's. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that again. I've done that once in my lifetime. I think most little fans are. I'm not falling for this page. one more time. No, this is it's, no. because if it had been reasonably close last year, that'd be one thing. <laughs> the fact that it was what 31 points and it could have been more. If they wanted it could, to be it could more, have been double that. It's hard to get over that, especially when the, the two years before were such like just beat downs as well. I think little fans are kind of like, all right, let's start with keeping it under 30. I think if anything, this does this just basically just calls out the ACC and our and, and compared to the SEC and how easy our you know AC is that our schedule somehow looks. I don't know. We we have the same. I don't know. Just I, screw the numbers and the analytics. These aren't even analytics. I don't even care. Straight up numbers. No, I don't care. This is why I tell you I don't trust them. They <laughs> lie to you. I just love the schedule argument coming up again. Well, you know. I don't want to hear it anymore. We've played a tougher schedule. Oh, we have. We played a tougher schedule. But this is why, because you have to remember, like, Vegas goes on the the numbers. Like, they use these types of numbers to come up with their spreads. And it's why, like, every UofL and UK fan the last couple of years has, has said, why is this number what it is? Last year, Louisville being favored at home, I think we all were surprised. It didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And it made even less sense when UK came to town and won by 31. And I, I'm telling you right now. Unless something crazy happens th- these next four weeks. I mean, like Louisville losing out by 50 points or so, or UK looking like a you know, juggernaut, pounding Tennessee this weekend and all that. It's The spread's probably going to be a number that UK fans, and, U- and UofL fans, honestly, are like, that seems too low. Like, like UK's, according to most of these, the, the predictive metrics, they've got UK winning that game by like six, seven points, some of them I think less. So UK's probably going to be around like a touchdown favorite, maybe less than a touchdown favorite. And every UK fan's going to be like, you know. Hammer it. Hammer it, hammer it. And every UFL fan's going to be like, yeah, maybe hammer it. I, I feel like that's what we're trending towards right now just because of the way the last I mean, this would be a minimum of touchdowns at UK this year. Right. I mean, I, I can see it being more than likely 12 or 13, really. But I'm just telling you what it's what it's going to be. It, it, it make it bet up that way, it ain't opening up. It, it, well, it opens at 7, it ain't betting all the way up to 13. There's no it's going to be too low. It, it's going to be every, both fan bases are going to look at that number and say it's too low. Because the metrics like Louisville for whatever reason, it's why we're only a five-point underdog opening against Wake Forest. That number's gone down since I guess then. I'm guess that should be glad someone likes us. The numbers love us. Uh, they always they they have this year for whatever reason. They do not care for UK as much. And you wonder why I don't believe in numbers. Well, some numbers are good. No, I don't, some numbers are not great. Analytics are just no. They're just <laughs> just spreads. <laughs> just jibber jabber. <laughs> 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Uh, Texas, I've been listening for 10 minutes. Trevor has interrupted six times. True story, I count. I have not. No. You were really bad right there. That was 
you were just like interrupting to like say the same thing that you just said too. <laughs> what? I don't even remember what I said. You would like you'd finish the statement. I would start talking, and you'd be like, "I just I can't do it again." And I was like, "Okay, you already just said that." <laughs> just said, so Mike's mom making a childhood costume was the first time Trevor realized that he and Mike's childhoods were different. <laughs> <laughs> What was your best Halloween costume growing up? Your most memorable Halloween costume growing up? I had I only did the one uh, where I did when I tried to dress up like Great Muda. That's, I mean, it's a good costume, and I ended up looking like uh, Manny's version of Deadpool in, in Cobra Kai. For those that know the reference, so you just never dressed up, but you, you went trick or treating? No, I mean, and then like one year I asked, uh, I can't remember. I think I, I want to say I got a couple of the plastic mask costumes from from Kmart when I was younger, maybe, but I really don't remember. Like maybe I think maybe I think at one point maybe I was a Smurf. You know, you know the plastic mask. Yeah, you get yeah. you know, the same. I think maybe I was a Smurf once. Probably um, that sounds about right. And then, like I said, I did. I went into the Great Muda when I was like ten or eleven, and that was like the only time I really tried to dress up. And it was, by the way, nothing looking. Great. <laughs> did like, anybody? I, did anybody know who you were? No, when you were no, not a good, like I, I had like the uh, <laughs> like the black pants on. And I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go shirtless because I guess at that time I was a little more self conscious. Like now, I'd be like, "Screw it." Sure. Um, but like, so I had like, so I put on like I had black pants. So I put on, I had a, I put on a robe, and it was like my it was like my uncle it was my uncle's graduation robe, and I painted my face like red and black to try to look like the Muda's uh, face paint from Halloween Havoc, nineteen eighty nine, and uh, it, it didn't. It looked like I mean. <laughs> I just say the blind, the blind girl did a lot better job busting Lionel Richie's face than I did trying to the mimic to me, me and my mom trying to put the makeup on to match that. Like it was not, it did not come out looking like Great Muda. I would have loved it if somebody that, like the first house you went to though was like Halloween Havoc, nineteen eighty nine. All right, <laughs> just nailed it. There was a there was a girl, a little girl who came to. Um, the, three years after that, I wore the "This is my costume, get over it" T-shirt. Nice. Yeah. There's a little girl. The first year we moved into this house, there's a little girl who came up, and she like, she it was really cold that year, and she had to have a jacket on, and it was a I guess like a, a squirrel hoodie, and so she was she originally wanted to be Batman, but she or no she yeah Batman, but she had a squirrel on, so she's like, "Look at me." I'm like, I'm like, "Oh, you're," and she was like. Squirrel Batman. Bat Squirrel. And I was like, yes, you are. Go for it. I'm like, I'm like, how, I'm like how would I ever guess that? But you're rocking it. You're doing great. Uh, Texture says, I was the first person to get called on in law school for civil procedure. I got destroyed, and I did the reading for Civ Bro. I still hate Civ Bro. I said, when you asked the question last week, what was the, the class that you did the worst in? I was, was like, that well, Civ Pro? Civ Pro was the one that I did the worst in. It was the toughest. What is Civ Pro? Civil procedure. That didn't help me. Okay, well. <laughs> is that like uh civil like, like civil law civil this, like no it's not what you're saying <laughs> Texas Charlie Strong and never allowing his team to wear black unis after the loss to WVU in his first year was peak Charlie I'd forgotten about that did he really I don't remember that we we because he the blackout thing became a thing with obviously Petrino in 05 yeah and then we did it again the next year and then Cragthorpe tried to make it a thing even though we got our ass kicked like every time it's we did it kind of hard to do it when you're losing yeah, yeah. exactly I, really have the same and thing. then they were like, okay, Charlie, this is what we do here. We do blackouts. And he did it the first year, and we lost. And he's like, well, I'm not doing it again. I'm done. And they were like, okay. Nobody's telling that guy no. I wonder if that was the legend. Because for the longest time, it was like the legend of the black helmet. And then we finally actually got it. Remember the black jersey and the old Louisville basketball, too. We would Remember how bad we were for the first. I want to say we lost to, don't tell me. I want to say the first one was against either Kansas or UNLV. 
I don't think that's right. It was one. I could have sworn it was one of the two. I believe it was Georgia Tech. It was the first time we ever wore them. We I remember lost lo- to James Forrest. I, I remember losing to both the other two badly wearing the black. I know we lost to UNLV one time. That was with the, that was with Everett Gray. That was the year after they like Charlie Spoonhauer just taking over. And they wore them against Arizona. And J.R. Ryder and Everett yeah. Gray and company. And then, we wore them against Arizona in '94 and got beat bad in the Sweet And the Kansas game. one I think was '92 because that was against Adonis Jordan and Rex Walters. But I'm pretty sure the first time we wore them, it may not have been the first time, I guess. But I know we wore them. It seemed like a lot of them were in those early 90s. I, one of my coolest. And we stopped doing it because we lost every time. We literally were like 0 and 9 the first nine times we wore them. I, one of my coolest things as a kid, I had the uh, Smoky Walker in black jersey. I was I, I loved badass. wearing that thing. It was, uh, of course, you know, you know, it was, just, it was the number 52. I, that was my. I would wear that thing to play in pickup. I, I love that jersey. I, I, I don't even remember where I bought it at. I feel like I wrote. A chapter about like the curse or a blog post back in the day about the curse of the black of uh, the black jersey. I was, so I wonder if that well, then you wouldn't know when the first game that we actually brought him back finally in. Well, I know we did when Patino got here. We brought him back in when we played Arizona at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I do remember. And that. we lost, but then like he like Patino like like was like I'm not backing down. These are cool. I'm gonna keep wearing them. And we, we he, so he did the smart thing, which like we wore him against Morehead State or something and got a couple of wins. And uh, and then we wore them for most of the, the run of the Final Four in 05. I know that. And then they became like a staple, and we've worn them pretty consistently ever since. I think it's weird when we're talking about jersey styles and things to, to, to explain to somebody. Maybe there were actually people who were mad when we added the name to the jersey when Pino got here. Yeah. Like, you now look back and like probably, I forgot about that. probably came and grasped us without having names on the jerseys because now it's been, what, 21 years we've done it? I honestly— But when it happened, there were people—and I wasn't anti-against it. it I was a little, like— Anti for it. Yeah, I was I was on the fence because I was like, you know me, I, even in that age, at early 20s, I was kind of old man already, traditionalist, and I was kind of annoyed by it, but I thought, you know, we'll give it a shot. It, it, it was hard to get used to originally that first year, I remember. It was, and now when I watch teams that don't have the names on the back of the jerseys. Well, it's only Indiana, I'm, really. <laughs> there are a couple other ones where I'm just like, come on. You know, I mean, <laughs> but it's just crazy to explain to somebody who's under the age of like 25 probably that there was a time when that was, that was a debate. Oh, it was. It was a big deal. Yeah. Texas says uh, we should absolutely storm the field if we win on Saturday. Any top 10 win warrants it. I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't storm it, but then I'm just lazy. I'm anti, but again, it's, it's a very soft stance. I, I really don't care one way or the other. I, if you're asking me to lean, though, I'm leaning towards I wouldn't do it because it's wake, but I don't feel that strongly about it. I love a week after a win when I'm on the reference page and the video overloading. It keeps like rotating, remember? I told you about this before, but the Zay Flowers one was in my face that one week. Now it's the Keon Clark return fumble recovery. I keep seeing it over and over on this little video. Texas, why Love do you, you guys keep saying this is not you guys? Trevor, you do keep saying this. Tennessee was ranked 20th. They were number six last week. I said that because of what Patrick said yesterday. Oh, he did? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't I know where that off, came from. I just went off him. Just yeah, thinking. it was a top 10 game. Okay. I, was, I didn't even realize where Tennessee was ranked. I'm not even paying attention. Because they're number three now. No, Patrick said 20th when he was doing the board yesterday. Patrick was wrong. And that just stuck with me. Texas, when's the IRP dropping? <laughs> it was two weeks ago. Where you been? Texas, G.I. Joe would kick Dave Clawson's ass. <laughs> he could never get in G.I. Joe. They wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't even let him in Cobra. Texas, oh, I already opened it. Sorry, roll call text. Sorry, KRC text. KRC text. I know you hate when this kind of stuff is brought up. I do. But what's the root of the beef with Cal and Matt Jones? Was it Jones saying he didn't play Dante Allen to get back at the fans? <laughs> it was all about the, the checkerboard. Actually. I want to make something up here, but I, it was checkerboard. 
I'm worried that this one would actually like people would be like Rutherford said this. <laughs> not getting the joke. They hate each other, right? I don't think they hate each other, do they? I'm just joking, but I know there is a <laughs> there's a rift between Calipari and KSR. I mean, I could make a couple side jokes. Uh, we uh, we could, but we're I not mean, going. I to. could stem. Yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah, this is one of those lines that we can't cross without running the risk of being like <laughs> literally being on a million UK. Are they websites. are they taking this? Ser- are they serious? Is it? I mean, yeah. He said Matt Jones. Said, I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not even gonna throw that out there. I have no idea. No, I don't either. I don't hate Matt though, for what it's worth. Is the Matt quotes from the Memphis days? He's remembering somebody finally brought up to Cal. He's like, I was like, what? Somebody finally played it. And he was like, where did that come from? <laughs> I did hear that that got brought up very early on in Cal's tenure, and it did lead to some, like, Matt was doing something with, he basically was, like, doing kind of Beisner stuff, the stuff that Beisner ended up taking over, and Cal was like, no, we're not going to work that closely anymore. Does it make me, is it supposed to make me a bad little fan that I don't dislike Matt Jones? No. I mean, I feel like it's supposed to be like. I've known the, Matt forever. Yeah, oh. I mean, I've, I mean, I worked with him originally. When I first got on the radio, we did a show. Him and me, him and Jody did a show he together. Was the, he was the very first show I ever did. Well, yeah. I was still in college. I did once a week with him on uh, Dugan's Old Station. On uh, uh, was it fifteen seventy? Whatever the sports buzz. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I just feel like it's like sometimes I feel like you you like you have to like it's like if you don't you, you're not you can't be a full oval fan or something, which I find it weird. I do. Texas, as the show's number one Halloween fan, the newest Halloween movie was a disgrace to the franchise. Everyone involved should be in jail. I heard it was bad. Now, it's, I, what I'm curious is, I, I mean, it's on Peacock. Why are people going to see it in theaters? I, did it did it come out on Peacock I think it was originally? On, yeah, I think it because it, 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 Really? Because usually they'll go to theaters for like a week and a half now. And even then, then you Peacock. can't wait a week. Because I guess maybe that's what it was. Because Jurassic, the Jurassic movie has already been on Peacock while it was still in theaters. And I'm so glad. I mean, I almost. I mean, that wasn't even worth the four ninety nine. I think oh, I forgot you watched it. It was horrible, horrible movie. Um, the end. I was just like, I'm jealous of the dinosaurs that were being extinct. But the the, the, the Halloween. I guess this is the one where they're like, Jamie Lee Curtis has to die to like for the the franchise to end. Is that what the the trailers tell me? I don't think she dies. Does she? I don't know. I'm not giving away the. I don't want to give it away. I've got no idea. She's. How does Jimmy Lee Curtis now? I mean, she's getting a little old to be chasing after. You asked us the last time it got brought up. I looked it up. I'm not looking it up again. It's like 60s, man. Texas, Trevor's that guy that will wander out of his house after an apocalyptic event and be like, what happened? <laughs> what was that thing? Why can't I get DoorDash? <laughs> that would be what brought you out. The DoorDash app is down. Why is my internet? Yeah, my internet's not working, damn it. It's <laughs> uh, not funny because I'm. This weekend, I got home Friday and I didn't leave until I went somewhere on Sunday night to get Taco Bell at like 10.30. I was in the home all day, all weekend. Didn't leave that. Didn't leave outside once. I did open the window. <laughs> I mean, nice. Yeah, thanks. Texas TK, what's Civ Pro? Mike, it's civil procedure. TK, stammering a few incoherent <laughs> words with a reply. Texas, what do you guys do when you in studio when you go to commercials? Just scream obscenities? <laughs> One of us. <laughs> Once, okay. <laughs> I make sure to stick to make sure that, that we weren't on the air. Yesterday, Patrick left the mics on. I was like, "Oh God!" Like when he like, he signed off, I could tell his mic was still on. I'm like, "I felt." And you like went back there. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." I felt bad because I talked to him earlier, and uh, he's 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 by the way, he's doing a campus visit at Western. Yeah, he's taking. They want to play baseball. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. That. I don't know. I, I, actually, I, I know the the baseball field is named after my friend's dad. Uh, this guy I used to know his dad. He's gotten in. 
Mr. Dennis. Get Patrick a scholarship. Uh, no, that again, that's why I had to take the word maybe old friend out of there. Crazy dude. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you that one off the air. But yeah, get the YouTube cameras rolling. <laughs> yeah, that would be good off the air premium story. Trust me. The, but I said something to him, and uh, he, the first thing he said was, "I was like, I was gonna have you run the board a little more today, Patrick." He goes, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I left the mics when I goofed up." And I was like, "Dude, that's not the last intern we had cussed on the air." Okay, yeah, nobody cares. It's fine. You, the bar is set so low. You have you've exceeded it. You. I, it's so low, I could have pole vaulted over it. Scoots did it like three weeks ago, last time we were on remote. Yeah. Our mics were on like every break. Yeah, yes, exactly. And we pay him. <laughs> Texas, if the IRP punishment includes no bans, do you expect any initial commitments that may be waiting to see? I don't, but you would know more than I would on that. I The only one, because I, I think George Washington III, it sounds like, we're in a good place with him regardless. It doesn't. I don't, I don't think he's waiting to see what happens with the IRP. He's not a one-and-done guy anyway. Is no, he? no, no. But yeah. he, he didn't say one-and-done. He just said any commitments. Well, I would think that the the one the, the IRP, uh, the, the ban for this year would affect more one-and-done-minded guys than, than anything. Right? Maybe. But, I mean, even if you're a, a four-year player or a three-year guy, you, you may not want to spend one season in purgatory. True. And, you know, you could go somewhere else and transfer in if you cared that much. But the only one that I can't tell you like, – A.J. Johnson's played stuff pretty close to the best. I don't know if it's affecting. It has to be playing some role because you know that Chris Beard's using it at Texas. You know that the G League, who is still after A.J. Johnson, G League Ignite, they're using this as well if they really want him. They can say, why would you go to a place where you're going to play a few games on TV, get some attention, but ultimately not get the biggest amount of attention where we can pay you more, you can get – you know, pro teaching, all this stuff. And Texas is going to say, we're a preseason top 10 team. UofL is not relevant. We've got more money than God. L- watch watch what we do this year. Ken Palm's got Texas at like number three in his preseason rankings. Come here, play in the NCAA tournament, maybe win a national title, go pro, go to Louisville. You don't even know you can play in the NCAA tournament. So that's happening right now. The, the good news, and this is the second time I'm saying this today, is Johnson's already said straight up, I ain't committing early. I'm waiting. I'm playing my senior, my junior season or senior season of high school basketball. I'm going to wait till the spring. I'm going to make sure I've taken all my visits. I'm going to make sure I've, I've done my due diligence and I will commit in the spring, which is great news for us because that excludes the IRP being a factor in any of this. Unless, of course, the IRP drags in the spring, which I guess is, is, <laughs> is possible at this point. But he would be the only one. I mean, you've already got Curtis Williams locked in. You've got Caleb Glenn locked in. You feel like you're in a good spot with. Um, George Washington III, you feel like you're in a pretty good spot with Isaiah Miranda, too. Um, he is, he's made that known. I think Louisville is still a competitor, even though he's considering making a jump straight to the NBA. And that would be four players, and you would only have room for probably one more, who would be A.J. Johnson. He'd be the only guy that I think you could say is maybe holding out because of the IRP stuff. And I don't even think, even think that that's like the predominant factor in him waiting till the spring. The D-League recruitment, like, I, I don't know. I just, like, I would think you'd probably with Neil make more money at Louisville and get more TV exposure at Louisville than you would with the D League. You could. I mean, when's the D League? When are they? Are they going to like NBA TV? If anything, I mean, well, you had the G League, the, the Ignite team played. G League, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the G League, the the Ignite team. They played that game that had really good ratings on ESPN two a few years, uh, weeks ago, where women yada and went head to head with uh, Scoot. Like again, you're all, the, the, that's you're pushing the guys projected to be like the number one for thing. sure. I mean, there's a little you certainly you'll have that. much you'll have a much larger platform even now playing college basketball than you will 
playing for one Plus of these G League teams. Probably would make more at Louisville in one year than you would. In you might. League. I mean, the, what's the D League salary? Maybe two hundred fifty thousand. Well, they're giving like five hundred K to kids now. Are they? Okay. Yeah, and and yeah. <laughs> the Neil stuff. I think there's still some lack of clarity on exactly. We're all dealing in rumors now. Yeah, like, no, like, you know, there's rumors about what Malik's making. There's rumors about what other guys are making. There's rumors about what people are being offered. But I don't think we really know. AJ's a different level than some of the guys that we already have. No offense to Sidney Curry. He is. I mean. But I think that, again, there's no also offense. like, we're not doing the thing where it's like, if you sign here, we're going to give you this amount of true, money. True. Kenny Payne's anti that. So we, I think, I guess some local businesses, the 502 Circle people, could get in contact with them and say, if you were to come to Louisville, this deal will be on the table. You can potentially make this. And maybe that's happening. Maybe it's not. I, I Honestly, I don't know. But he'd be the only answer that I would give. And I don't think that, to answer, I guess, what could be a follow-up question, I don't think that any of the 2024 kids are holding out just to see what happens with Louisville's punishment. Because theoretically, I guess Louisville could be punished. Like, a two-year postseason ban starts in 2024 and it extends to the 2025 tournament, which would affect the junior class as well. But I don't think that that's a factor right now. And I don't think that schools are using that negative recruitment with the the, the rising junior class. But but they are for this class, obviously. For sure. I mean, that, that's absolutely happening. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything less of them, actually, if they weren't. Yeah, I mean, it's look, that's part of the game. It's yeah. why I think when Kenny Payne made those comments about like being surprised, everybody was sort of saying, you know, really? Like, <laughs> you've been recruiting a long time. You didn't think people were going to bring this up? Like, that's, that's kind of the way it works. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll take some texts. We'll uh, have a little bit of football talk. We can recap some of the things that we said about Scott Satterfield's comments. Uh, we haven't gotten to Lance Taylor's comments. He did not say anything about gelling this week, but he did make one comment that I want to touch on before we get out of here. And then, of course, we'll clean up on the text line at 502-414-1450. We'll wrap up the Mike Rutherford Show next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Welcome back in. Final segment here of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show at 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. A little bit of uh, breaking news that is somewhat pertinent to our interest. Certainly odd news. Former Louisville basketball, men's basketball assistant Steve Mastiello, of course, walked on for Rick Pitino at Kentucky back in the day. Has been at Manhattan for the last, I think, 13, 14 seasons. Uh, fired just now. I kind of forgot he was still there. He's still there, and it's not like it's for performance. They've got a team that is picked to finish second in the MAAC behind only Rick Pitino's Iona team. They've got the preseason player of the year in the conference, uh, Justin Perez, who, by the way, has announced, or Jose Perez, who has announced that he is going to enter the transfer portal. And when he was asked if any of his teammates were going to transfer as well, he said, I think everyone was the exact quote. Interesting. There's, uh, according to the athletic director, they, they're, they're terming this as he was fired because contract negotiations broke down. And they're doing this now less than two weeks away from the start of the season. It makes absolutely no sense. Like, trade, like contract extension, I'm assuming? I mean, they were, yeah, they're working on a new contract for him. 
negotiations broke down, and so Manhattan just chose to fire. There's no way that that's the true story here, that that's what's going on. Now, remind me again, Mastiano, he was the one that had the issue with his resume, right? Exactly. He was going to take the, the South Florida job. Is that what it was? Okay. And it came out on his resume that he had actually technically never graduated from UK and didn't have his... his not exactly the, the George O'Leary levels, but you know, I, you know, I thought it was kind of a. It was made to be a huge deal, but it ended up because he was going to get that job. It was the year after they had almost beaten us in the first round of the 2014 NCAA tournament. Um, it took Luke Hancock, a heroic effort in the final minute there to lead us to victory, and then after that season where he got Manhattan into the tournament and they were the best team in the MAAC, he was going to jump to USF. They that story comes out. He hasn't technically graduated college. And he has to go back and get his degree. He ends up going back to Manhattan, where he's been ever since. Yeah. And now he is axed right before the start of the season, which sucks. Now, I mean, for him, he's got nowhere to go at this point. Like, you, you've got a full year on the sidelines. It's, well, he probably would have been. I mean, I guess he could have gotten another job somewhere. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just think, I mean, you said the excuse was the, the, the negotiations went bad. It makes no sense. That's, I mean, that's not bad. That's horrifically bad. You know, that's like, you no, know, like, that's like saying I gotten, you know, you know, you get a car accident, you like run into the, like, you know, bump into the, you know, telephone pole. <laughs> this is like horrifically like wrapped it around a train. I mean, this is no, I mean, how bad could they have gotten? How, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't like the AD who just woke up and was like, well, we're going to fire him today. He's done. Can't get that contract done. Yeah, it makes no sense. And, and apparently the players like there's a mass revolt. So what, how many years he had left on his deal? Not sure. The extension. I mean, I would assume under two, at least maybe two or three at the most. I mean, it's a very, very, very strange it story. It is very weird, yeah. But Stevie Mass looking for a job. Manhattan falling apart. What well, is he have the real winner here? Now? Is, the real winner here is is Rick Pitino and Iona because their path through the NCAA tournament just got a little bit easier. <laughs> He's going to go join their Pitino staff now. I mean, also Jose Perez. You want to come play for somewhere? Come right here. I wonder if DeMass does have a degree now to go on the next resume, though, right? I believe he went and finished because he had, like, three classes he had to take online. And I think he went and finished that up. Because he was suspended by Manhattan after he went back until he got his degree. And he was able – he didn't miss any time. But he was, like, is not it, allowed to coach his team that offseason until he got his degree. Is that an instantly rule you have to have a degree to be head coach? I think it's more that he lied about it on his resume. Uh, O'Leary's was lying about playing baseball, wasn't it, or something? O'Leary's, like a, O'Leary's whole resume was, like, fabricated. <laughs> yeah, it's like he wrote it out of a book. <laughs> Nobel Prize winner, Heisman finalist. People are like, this is easily like correctable information. We can Google, Google exists. We can find out that this is not true. He wasn't a two-time Heisman winner? He says he was? President of my class at Notre Dame. Like, no, you weren't. You didn't go there. Uh, the Mike Price at Alabama was always better. Yale doctorate. <laughs> Jose Perez, uh, by the way, averaged 18.9 points and four and a half assists per game last year. Oh, I mean, you didn't have to give me numbers. All you had to do was say one thing. He's a guard. There you go. We could use him. Look at you. You know exactly how to go right to the heart. Make a play. You, you know exactly the right thing to say, you smooth silver tongue, you. It's like, you have to have an awkward <laughs> conversation with Hersey Miller again. Snip, snap, back. snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> He's back off scholarship. Dad, I can see remember, Dad still writing the check out. I don't have to pay it. Rips it up. I got to write another one? Ah. <laughs> Who writes checks? <laughs> uh, Perez, by the way, started his career at Gardner Webb. Played one season at Marquette, where he didn't play very much, and then was a stud at Manhattan last year. Six foot five, by the way. Um, it's a big guard. He's technically listed as a forward. He, he plays guard. Okay. He handles the ball a lot for them. I mean, he's their leader in assists last year. He can play. Get him on board. <laughs>
Bring them on. Stevie Mass, help us out. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We'll, we'll get, try to get to as many texts before we get out of here today. No real sports tonight. We don't have, any, I think, a game to pick. I don't think there's any – there's definitely Wait, no baseball. There's baseball starts next Friday. Friday. Ridiculous. Uh, there's there's obviously no NFL. I don't. There's no random Tuesday night college football game. So we just got uh, NHL and NBA tonight, <sighs> which means video games and movies for Trevor. <laughs> Wow, if I've ever had any reason to start Cooper Cup Season 5, it might be tonight. I, I've I been, thought you already watched that. No, nah, I still haven't started it yet. I've been mostly watching, because a lot of times I don't like binge stuff late at late. Like, if it's after, like, 11, I'm more of a movie guy, so I can just get it over with. Because if I start binging something that late, the next thing I know, it's like 4 in the morning, I'm like, I want to keep staying up. and I, I usually just like throwing a movie on. I'm fine with that. I'm glad your approval means a lot to me. Yeah, I know. Uh, text says... Great after-school special on mental health, guys. I don't remember what we talked about at 452. Uh, who knows? I'm glad he's not referring to that text at 320, though. Yeah. <laughs> text says, Mac Player of the Year, Perez is in the portal. Let's get him. Bring him. Uh, text says, I'm really upset that the defense has been giving up big plays for four years, and he addressed it after Boston College. <laughs> like, now's the time we need to fix this thing. Yeah. That's very good point, Texter. I drew the line of saying this time a year ago. Thank you for your bravery. Yeah, I was way ahead of the, the curve. Uh, I mean, an it, earthquake in California. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> what? I mean, I'm just. You're not wrong. Why? I, yeah. I mean, why is that funny? It was a magnitude five point. Was that bad? No. Well, yeah, it's bad. I mean, any earthquake's bad, right? I mean, sure. My point was that just is that like some tremors to them though out there? I don't that know. It's pretty. It's pretty legit. That's that's a that's a bigger one. Okay. Do you see? They, I'm trying to find the defensive stats because uh, we're we've moved up into. Ooh, moving up. We're like top 15 in basically like seven different defensive stats. Oh, and, like and the I, Jeffersons. Yeah, I can't find the numbers. I'll, I'll try to find those in a second. Uh, Texture says Corey Haynes is going to star in the new Dark Moth movie instead of the long-awaited sequel to Lucas. <laughs> uh, the best part about that text was the Lucas reference, by the way. Yeah. Very underrated 80s movie. Texas, would this be Sat's first three game win streak against Power Five teams? It would. It would be his first three game win streak against FBS opponents, at least at Louisville. And he's only had one other three game win streak in, in the ten- tenure as well. Yeah. And that included EKU. Yeah. So, but at, I mean, I'm, App State, I know they had a ton of different three game winning streaks, but not against. Power five. Oh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, uh, he's not, and he's never won four in a row? No, not at Louisville. We have, we have not won four games. When's the last time we did win four games in a row? It had to have been 2016. Who, Louisville in general? Yeah. I mean. We definitely do it. In, we haven't done it under stat. We definitely did not do it in 2018 because we only won two games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, good math, yeah. 2017, I don't think we ever won four straight games. I know we won eight in the regular season. So, yeah, 2018, we won three straight to end the regular season. Yep. And 2016, we obviously had a, such a hot start. We started off 9-1 and one that year. Yeah, that, we, had, we had two four-game win streaks. That was our last time we've won four straight. We have not won four straight games since twenty since Lamar's Heisman season. We actually won five that year, ending with the Wake Forest game. Uh, those were good times. Yeah, I remember those days. I do. Texas, do we need the, the Limu-Emu as a mascot in this game? Limu-Emu. Is that, oh, is that the, the insurance Emu? Yeah. It's a, okay. Yeah. Uh, Their interest is going to be, does them have a mascot? 
Texas says, I'm thinking of you, Mike, and it's a link to a story about healing from long COVID with water fasting. Oh, I'm, I'm way ahead of you. Water fasting? I've been doing some fasting. But you've been drinking water. I have, but weekends I've, I've done a couple of lengthy fasts. It helps the first time. It did not help after that. I mean, I can probably say it helps. I've never had long COVID, and I've water fasted for years. Well, you don't, you don't eat, though. <laughs> Poop on the joke. I hadn't. Really, I don't know if you were trying to make a joke or <laughs> if you understood the joke. No, it, I was being serious, but my life is somewhat humor, you know, humorous to others. So I figured I could kill two birds with one stone. Is that a fat guy joke? Texas, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but seriously, did you guys watch Tailspin as kids? Yeah, I like Tailspin. Tailspin. What was that? I don't remember Tailspin. The cartoon. Oh, Ducktales. I know. Tailspin was a cartoon. Oh, was that the was this a spinoff with the, the 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 pilot duck? Yeah, not okay. not, not duck. Well, um, it was McQuack, Crash McQuack or something. Oh, what was the name of the character? It was um. He was in the Darkwing cartoons too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't remember. I never. I didn't actually watch that one, but I do know. I, clearly, I know what you're talking about. To a, you know, they were bears, right? And there was a no, no. I'm talking about the spinoff of Ducktales. Well, I'm talking about yeah, Tailspin. Which the characters were there was a tiger I know that the main character who are the main characters I don't remember that was that on the same time yeah there, there were pilots I'm I'm butchering this the main character was Louis a fun loving orangutan who also appeared in the Jungle Book I, I vaguely remember it but it doesn't doesn't ring a complete bell Tessman was good. I clearly don't remember it very well, but it was. I'm mixing I it up. I remember enjoying it something it. else too, but yeah. Texas says he's a bleeping douche. Like, so you're going to be way more specific, Texer. I think that was from the Matt Jones story. Oh, okay. Well, I guess some man sometimes because you're not getting along with him. But he's Texas says TK surviving the apocalypse is totally TK. Oh, oh I, I would definitely would. I've come to terms that Trevor's going to outlive me by like a million years. <laughs> <laughs> like my. Um, I'm the guy that gets interviewed on the lighter than side news story at being like 102. Yeah. And like, how'd you do it? I was like, what'd you do well? I ate bacon, Arby's, and, and, and mellow yellow my entire life. There's always that, because that story, I feel like you have that story once a year where there's like this little old lady who's like, she's 103 years old. What has she done every day? She's like, she smoked one cigarette and had, you know, three cups of coffee every day for the last 50 years. And people are like, that's it. That's, that, that's the key. It's what an adorable story. She's had a Mountain Dew every day for the last 80 years. Like Cigar- well, a pack of cigarettes or just a, I'm just joking. I'm, oh. just, I'm, I'm making a uh, reference. There's always some story like that. There's a weird combination of a seemingly unhealthy thing that somebody's done every day and they've lived to be 98 years old. I, like, I just want to be the dad from a grumpy, a grumpy old man. You can make that happen. Yeah. I, it, it reminds version. me of like my dad who I love. And you're the best dad if you're listening. But my dad has been convinced that he's going to die my entire life. Like, since I was, like, little, he was like, yeah. Was I, think, like, I think the, most of us know what's happening, dude. I he's mean. like, this is it. But it, no, but he's, 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 <laughs> death is imminent for my dad. He's always been, like, on the verge of some gigantic health crisis. And I came in terms of a long time ago, like, my dad's going to live to be, like, 140. Like, he's not going to die. He's going he's gonna to be, he's going to age forever. And he's just always going to be convinced that next week is when he goes. And instead, he's going to be 150. And that's great. I'm excited. For I know. I'm using the wrong word. What's the? He's not. You're not. You're not saying he's uh, not hyperbolic. What's the word? Uh, Hypochondriac. Uh, yeah. Which my mom, no. Which my not. mom is 100. percent No, he's definitely not that. But he just okay. always has been like, yep, eh, gonna die. Getting by the famous hypochondriac it just drives you nuts. Texas says uh, I should have played Voltron. <laughs> of the cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. 
Texas says, does Manhattan, does Manhattan have any good? We have like five straight texts that are asking if Manhattan has any good guards. <laughs> they don't even care the names. They're just like asking for guards. Give us some guards. Yeah, you didn't, I didn't get any. Were you not a Planet uh, a Captain Planet fan? No, Planet I, wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't big into Captain Planet. I didn't. I, the only reason I know of Captain Planet was because it would come on after WCW Saturday Night on TBS. Because it, t- it was a TBS show. And it's, that, that theme song is just so catchy and annoying. And Captain Planet. He's a, a hero. What a horrible cartoon, by the way. I never watched it. I, it was I, so bad. I probably caught a minute here there and was like, this is not for me. Yeah, like it was on TBS, so it was off the beaten path a little bit. Texas Trevor, uh, CIFPRO is pretty much the rules of civil litigation. The criminal procedure is CRIMPRO. Yeah, I don't know if you think you have. I was going to say. Or not in there. What but, Trevor was trying to get to, and I could tell where he was trying to go, was he was talking about, like, civil rights. I think that's, yeah, where, that's, that's what I Yeah, that's what I wanted. Which is why I just cut you off. Where were said, you? Yeah, where were you? I mean, why didn't you just help me earlier? Because I just that? said, no, that's not what you're thinking of. <laughs> he didn't even bother helping me figure out what I was even. I couldn't even figure out what you knew what I was thinking of, but I didn't even know. <laughs> Texas says Virginia still has a higher ranked total defense than U of L's. Yeah, our total defense is only like 47. I, I thought he's making reference to your daughter for a second. No. <laughs> no. I was like, I don't know how this intertwines with the bunny story or something, but. <laughs> we do not. Louisville, by the way, out of 131 FBS teams, this is the stat I was looking for. Okay. Number five in sacks per game. Yeah, we get to the quarterback, which I love. Number six in red zone defense. Number nine in turnovers gained. Number 10 in tackles for loss per game. Number 26 in scoring defense. Now, the red zone thing has helped with the fact that we give up team scoring outside of 20 yards. Like, if a team scores a 30-yard touchdown, yeah, yeah, then that helps your red zone defense. Big plays have killed us. Yeah. And that's why that's our total defense, we're still 49th in the country, which is much better than three of the four years that Brian Brown's been here before. But it's all due to like those just the, the huge plays here there. I mean, we talked about it after the Boston College game, where I think 90% of their offense, they, they ran, I think, something like 54 total plays, and 90% of their offense came on five plays. 49, 49 plays accounted for 10% of their offense. We, just, we have gotten killed by big plays when our defense has been bad. And yeah. look, that's why we brought Satterfield over, right? He fixed it. He's fixing it. He's making us better. All I did was put one guy back there. He's like, hey, hang out, hang out 20 yards back. Don't let him get past you. Yeah, <laughs> just tackle him. Bring him to the ground. <laughs> Wrap him. Wrap him up. That's all he needed to hear. They, needed, they needed a new voice saying it. That, that was all they, that took. That's all I needed. Get him on the ground. Like, it was, it's so simple. <laughs> Coach Sats is practicing. Like, I don't know what took you three years to teach him this. Yeah, I did. I was just like taking notes furiously. Like, <laughs> on the ground. Wrap up. <laughs> Mingans is like no man deeper than you. <laughs> Texas says, how about them Arby's Euros, Trevor? There's Arby's, like, oh, the, the gyros or whatever? The Euros, yeah. Uh, I've never had one. Are they any good? I'm not a big Euro guy. I don't think I've ever had a Euro. I can't imagine it would be great. If you're at Arby's, you know, play the hits, right? But, like, in what, what is, like, what, what, what's like, in the Euro, just like the sandwich on a, it's just like a flatbread sandwich, right? Yes. So it's just basically the same thing I'd get by getting my regular double roast beef, except on a sesame seed bun and be on a flatbread. I don't think they probably have like roast beef and euros. I don't know. I don't think they did. Isn't it made with roast beef? I think they probably have all different kinds. I don't know if they have roast beef, but I've had euros before. They're not great. It's usually a Greek thing. Okay. Texas, why don't you ever have Haley O'Shaughnessy fill in or co-host the show when you're out? Well, she's finally in town. She has not been. She just left the Spencer show. She's been in town for a few months now. 
Uh, I was texting her the other day because her show came to an end. She was very happy about the future and, and moving on. Uh, but Haley was too big for us for a little bit of time. I went on her show. I guess like, we could have had her on this show, but she's... you want me to take a day off and have her come in? Or... Would love to. Yeah, she she definitely come. In. I tried to get her on one time when she was still in town during ninety three nine, but she wouldn't be on. But yeah, we need to make that happen. She's great. Who are we talking about again? Haley O'Shaughnessy. I don't think I know her. She had a big. She's been doing NBA stuff for the last few years. She worked for the Ringer for a while. Had her own okay. Spencer's podcast. It sounds a little familiar, but I just don't recognize the. I don't think I've ever met her. In she wrote on the website for a while. She did, I think, some some brief radio stuff here locally, and then she cool. she kind of blew up. She's been she's very popular. Texas says, if you could have a home and home with one school, who would it be? I'd say Arkansas. Uh, we can football or basketball. Football, I think. Football. I'd want to go back to Southern Miss personally. That's it. <laughs> That's an odd choice. Yeah, but it's one I know we can win. Plus, I'd enjoy beating them. I mean, we've we've had a home and almost other miss the last few years. We have, we have yeah. we, in the past. We had the, the 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 flood game. We had the flood game. They played here. Yeah. Um. Not memorable games. No, they weren't. That program is in shambles. I mean, I'm trying to think because the only other quote, the only rivals we don't really play would be Memphis City or Cincinnati anymore. I mean, I'm going Michigan. I, I, I playing in the big house would be cool. I'd love to see Michigan come to our house. It, it's. I don't want to go to Michigan and get destroyed. I mean. I don't know who would say we get destroyed. I mean, are you talking about a one one off home and home, or just like an, an annual home and home? A, a home and home contract. A home and home means two games. Okay, one well, game I, here, one I, I guess I was I was looking at it as like a, a bringing them back on a traditional home and home on schedule beyond once. If it's just once, then yeah, I can see going. Oh you know, yeah, that or Ohio State. I'd like a little revenge on them for the nineteen ninety one game or ninety two game, whatever it was. I wouldn't hate it. Give me Michigan. That's my answer. A buddy of mine told me he's got tickets to the Ohio State and Michigan game this year. Oh, wow. He's a big Buckeye fan. It's the first one ever. I'm imagining that would be a, a little bit of a price to ticket. He said it was. Especially worked, this year. He's like, he's, I said something about him as, about work. He's like, I was like, do you do what you do this week? He's like, working overtime. I was like, because the ticket? He goes, yeah. Hope my son appreciates it. Good Lord. Yeah. My, my, he, works at, he works at Ford. <laughs> my buddy in Dallas was briefly debating going to the, the Cotton Bowl for the Red River shootout, the Texas Oklahoma game, and he's like, the get-in price is like three hundred and fifty bucks. It's, oh, it's outrageous. Yeah. And then the last second decided not to go, and of course it was forty nine nothing. He's like, thank God we didn't go. That would, that would that's something I've really thought about when I went to the Super Bowl back in the Eagles game. That if, if, it, if it was like a blowout, if game. we get blown out, I mean, I'd already kind of accepted a, a I don't say a loss, but a part of me was like accepting the fact that I'm just happy to be here. Because if I had gone there and we got blown out and I spent more on that game that I had literally on my Prius that I owned at the time, <laughs> like, and I did, I was like, that would have been very, dis- that would have been very disheartening. All right. Uh, only sporting <laughs> event that's uh, of any interest in it. You're going to hate this. 10 o'clock TNT Warriors on the road, taking on the Suns. Suns are a one and a half point favorite. It's the, the Curry Bowl. Steph versus Damian Lee. Curry family split. Side on Curry. She's siding with Damian Lee. Who you got? Happy husband. Uh, happy life. Um, doesn't rhyme. Happy Huzz, happy cuz. Cuz. <laughs> this is why my husband's don't get any winning. Tuesday. This is why we get nothing in a marriage because nothing rhymes with husband. Um, I'm going to. Get, is where's it? It's at Phoenix. Yeah. I'm gonna take the Suns. I'm gonna take the Warriors to the win. I'm going Suns. D Lee, he's yeah, our guy. You got NXT tonight. Host of the show, and of course NXT tonight. I don't, I don't even know what either. is NXT. <laughs> it's the it's the under like the it's the developmental for WWE. Oh. Enjoy the hoops. Enjoy the NXT. (laughs) Have a fantastic Tuesday night. We'll see you guys right back here at 3 o'clock tomorrow.
Savings.